There's something wrong with my drink. It's clear. Did I get water? Definitely not water. Guess it's time to talk about vodka. We're going to talk all about how it's made, where it's from, and anything else. So pour a shot and have a drink. Lagavulin neat. Clear alcohols are for rich women on diets. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hey, 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 look who's back. And for a non-beer episode, too. (laughs) I know, we're Um, pulling out all the stops. (laughs) I like it. So, how's everybody been? Good, good. Anybody uh, had anything new and exciting to drink recently? Uh, I mean, I I may have been hunting some Pokemon out by Hopcat a lot lately. <laughs> Man, uh, no, how much you've been to Hopcat is making me very jealous. Well, okay, you have, you know, not all of us have a Braxton next door. Fair. This is true. Uh, no, I will say uh, I was at Hopcat, and I've had a couple, like, really neat things over there. I was trying some of their, their hoppier items on their menu, but uh, I went Hoppy. in there. And I was, uh, I was there with some other people I knew, and I was like, "Yeah, can I get a?" Uh, I tried the the Ingot IPL, their their India Pale Lager. They bring out a glass, and it's solid black, <laughs> not pale at all. <laughs> and I went, and, like the server walked away, and he came back, like, uh, "Sir, I don't mean to, like, I just, I don't, I think you gave me the wrong wrong drink." He's like, "Oh, um, I mean, I, I gave you the Ingot." Right, and I'll point at the menu. See, that's that's an India pale lager. <laughs> I hold up the drink. This this not so pale. He said, "Oh, well, I'll go talk to the bartender." And what they had actually given me was a uh, a Bornum double. Uh, <laughs> so, not not really an India pale lager at all. Uh, it was delicious, and it should have been given to me in a stifter, and instead they gave it to me in basically a tulip. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I had, like, twice the beer I was supposed to have. And they're like, just, yeah. just keep that one. No charge. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, charge for double the beer, and you're like, oh, sounds no. good to me. <laughs> and double, uh, like, that, that's a Belgian style, so that's a pretty expensive beer, too, I'm sure. Yeah, no. Uh, and then, like, I, you know, I did get to get around to trying the ink it, and that was actually pretty... Pretty solid too. Like, I mean, it was it was hoppy, but not like murder you hoppy. I guess. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't who laud yeah. hoppy? <laughs> no, not who laud. Uh, but what about anybody else? Anyone else had anything neat this week? 
I don't think we've tried anything else, have we? Um, I believe since the last episode, just to beat this horse, <laughs> we were down at Braxton. Gasp. No. Water's Gasp. wet. Did you know that? <laughs> um, Breaking the, news. Chris yeah. and Brittany went to Braxton. They do uh, <laughs> a quarterly IPA that oh, uh, yeah. 10% of all proceeds go back into our local community. Oh. And it's only sold in northern Kentucky, in the local community. So we get to drink it and reap the rewards. But um, this they call it their trophy. It's a different one every quarter. And this one was brewed with it's different hops every time. And it's uh, Dr. Rudy. Yeah. Because they always just name it after the hops. I'd, Rudy! We'd never heard of these hops. But um, they said, yeah, here you go. It was like a, there was a citrus and a hint of like pine. The pine note. is very faint in this. It is like citra up on the so front. It is much, much more citra, much more like citrusy sort of feel than it is like I'm drinking gin beer. Very much. Oh, yeah, yeah. We actually missed uh, Firk and Friday tonight uh, to do the episode. And uh, the Firkin was the Dr. Rudy with. Lemon peel zest, and what else was it? Oh, I can't remember. Is lemon peel zest infused and uh, dry hopped with citra hops? Oh, okay. I was just thinking maybe it had like a healthy dose of you know. They just doubled down. Strong illicit narcotics. <laughs> they just doubled down. <laughs> okay, so the the Doctor Rudy is. Um... So it's, a, it's technically Dr. an American pale ale, and it says it's single hopped and then dry hopped with Dr. Rudy, and the, it's it's got characteristics of citrus peel, pine, and lemongrass. That's about right. Yeah. Sorry, like... now I'm thinking about. Uh, sorry, now all I'm thinking about is the idea of like making a drink called a Dr. Feel Good. <laughs> God, that has to exist, yeah. right? You can buy the Dr. Feel Good dildo. They now. make things called like. Uh, I said they make things called like Russian quaaludes. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, Dr. Rudy's a New Zealand style hop because I hadn't heard of it before this this came out. Uh, super alpha, super alpha style. I see why it was released in 1976. Oh, so, so this is like so, a throwback. Yep, nice. I've it is really say, good though. It I liked a good it. Beer. Did, yeah. Did this? Did, did you notice your pants becoming bell bottoms when <laughs> you drank? When I drank the good doctor? No, no, because at the time we were also trying to work on the uh, Cincinnati Burger Week. And so we had a burger from Cuban Pete's food truck. Mm. Mine was dry as hell. Yeah. I don't mine, know if it was fine. I don't yeah. know if it was the bun, but it was supposed to have this beer cheese where they used the beer from the brewery there to make the cheese. And there was like no cheese on mine. I was... I was disappointed in that. The, the burger ch- was good, but it was just dry. It was the Cuban mm-hmm. bread, I think, mm-hmm. that helped. Yeah, yeah that definitely. It, it's got mm-hmm. more of a tough texture to it. Yeah, that it definitely did. <laughs> but yeah, um, Casey, anything for you? Maybe I'm too. Um, I mean, well, you know, it's just one of those. Uh, I, after listening to the last episode, I decided to go out and try uh, another Hefeweizen, mm-hmm. and you know, that was kind of the biggest thing of the past week. I haven't drank a whole lot of beer the past week or two. Um, I got Casey, the... you're designated drunk. <laughs> no, right? I've been, I've been pretty sober for the past two weeks. That's not been... Well, it's been 
difficult. We need an intervention. <laughs> the man needs to be drunk. No, we're all preparing for Meriton season. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Let my liver Oktoberfest's beers all come out next month in August. So. The very first Oktoberfest has reared its head. Uh, I saw yeah, on the uh, beer Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Uh, I was able. Uh, I was able to place an order for it um, last week at oh. Red Lobster to wow. come in this week. Was it the, on the beer subreddit? Uh, someone has seen this year's Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest on shelves. Oh, it's and, a race. So Sierra Nevada beat everyone to it, and it is. It is on shelves, ready to be bought and drank. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is everyone's is. reaction. <laughs> yeah, like whenever I find them, like, oh, I don't like the taste of beer. Have Have you tried one of these? And just start handing out Meritsons to them. Have you go. heard yeah. Have you heard the good word about Oktoberfest? I go next. I go door to door with a pamphlet and some beer. I'm not wearing pants because I've had some of my own beer. Cops always get called. It's it's, it's just trouble. Good sir, have you heard what a Meritzen is? (laughs) Except it's more like, have you heard what a Meritzen is? Uh, Slap and tickle. (laughs) Slap and tickle. All right. Uh, Speaking of slap and tickle, what's uh, what's up in the news? Yes. Okay. Our first story is the one we never wanted to hear. But it has come to pass. The ABM Bev Saab Miller merger has been approved by the Department of Justice here in Maybe we did Maybe we did want to hear it. Maybe we wanted a moratorium on this story. Here in these states united. <laughs> these states united. <laughs> but the no, article the article reads Just as the prophecies foretold in the not too distant future. A bland beer brewing monolith would emerge on the horizon, comprised of many other brewing companies, both large and small. That imposing figure would be hastily dubbed Beer Voltron. Yeah, that's bad. (laughs) And it would attempt to rule the beer drinking and distribution worlds. How far in the distant future? Uh, Today. In the year 2000. (laughs) Well, that day for the U.S. is officially today. Regulators have approved the AB InBev acquisition of Saab Miller contingent upon the sale of Saab Miller's U.S. business, Miller Lite and High Life, will jump back to the Molson Coors yacht, keeping AB and Miller Coors competitive, at least here in the U.S. Yeah, that's from the get-go. That's what everyone expected. Yeah. Uh, But this deal is not... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say one of the big things that I read down, like third third paragraph in this, is it says that it keeps – one of the conditions of them merging is that it keeps them from using these ridiculous incentive programs that encourage distributors and retailers to sell its products while avoiding craft beer. Now, right. I read that and I think it's not been that long that they've really kicked up what kind of incentive programs they've been pushing out. They've always had something similar, but – just recently, they've kicked that up. So, the tinfoil hat wearing person inside of me says maybe they came out with these really ridiculous programs in order to have something to give to the DOJ as a trade before they even got there. Let's just go big, guys, because we know they're going to want something in return. Let's go big, and I mean, that way we've got something to give them. It's been 
I mean, over the past year, we've seen these shady practices coming in, and it's been their fight against craft beer. Like, it's been the only way they can try and... We've seen shady practices from craft beer, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Both sides. Both sides have been guilty. But this is, I mean, the distributors are getting, you know, massive kickbacks and all this stuff to put AB InBev products out there rather than the little guy. And maybe it's just us wanting to be like, hey, the little guy is getting crapped on and it's not right. But mm-hmm. you could be right. It is really <laughs> only over the last year that we've seen this stuff really get kind of crazy. And and to be, you know, fair and balanced on that, you've got it's only been over the past few years that craft beer has really posed a big threat to big beer. But mm-hmm. it to make the incentive programs even more outrageous, it seems like they, they are just stepping it up to give something back to the DOJ. Also, no one can use the words fair and balanced anymore. That they've been tainted to me. I'm pretty sure Fox <laughs> News actually owns the rights. To it. Uh, yeah, did not tell you all to send your check in. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had to uh, lease those those rights. I'll die first. Um, but they I like this when they have the here's what the Brewers Association had to say about the deal. Uh, today's decision by the Department of Justice to approve the acquisition of Saab Miller by ABI stipulates many of the safeguards we just talked about uh, for. Fair competition and need access to market for America's small and independent craft brewers. While we continue to believe that the merger of the world's two largest brewers is bad for both the beer industry and consumers, the DOJ's significant requirements, including the termination of incentive programs such as the voluntary Anheuser-Busch incentive. I'm not going to read all of these incentives off that they brought up. I'm pretty sure one of these incentives is... Uh show a picture of you shooting your craft beer uh, stock and we'll give you money. <laughs> yeah, they uh, went on, the Brewers Association will closely examine the consent decree and compliance with its provisions as well as monitor ABI's actions, specifically with regard to the acquisition of independent craft brewers we remain concerned about how past, pending, and future acquisitions may shift the dynamics of the current beer market. We will continue to encourage the DOJ to monitor and, where necessary, take action to remedy any anti-competitive efforts of ABI's behavior in the U.S. This is... I mean, how much authority does the Brewers Association actually have here in the U.S.? <sighs> The BA is pretty big um, because you've got the craft beer, craft brewers, and you've got the BA. They're a pretty big lobby group. I don't know what size they are compared to everything else, um, but scale uh, of one to uh, NRA, how big are we talking? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're probably they're probably pretty far up there, especially if you consider that they partner with some larger organizations, or I mean, some, some other organizations and, and it's not just one organization. They, they kind of work together a little bit to um, build their super PAC. Oh, so like environmental lobby big. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, a little larger than that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no tobacco industry. Um, no NRA, no, uh, the American uh, 
physician society, whatever that one is. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, sure. but yeah, they're up there. Okay. It's just, I don't know about how that's going to, they're basically trying to be the tattletales and be the police force behind trying to be like, oh, well, ABI is starting to overstep, you know, what they're getting ready to do is going to undo what the DOJ tried to set as a precedence here. I don't yeah. know. The whole thing just feels so shaky. It, maybe. Dystopian it, beer future is upon us. You know, all I keep thinking is I I know that it could theoretically affect a distribution. But if if everything continues as it has been, if they're just doing this so they can get a bigger market share, I guess. Um it it doesn't really like affect me at all until it affects distribution because otherwise I'm like I'm still not buying most of their products. Right. Yeah, well, that is kind of some of the interesting things because uh, Molson Coors letting you know all the brands that they had been acquiring over the years back into the wild. <laughs> all had, right, so to- I've got a little bit, a little bit more information coming back in on the Brewers Association lobby spending. Uh, first started lobbying, uh, spending money on lobbying in 2008, so they're fairly new to the game. Um, they have shrunk the numbers that they've been the number that they've been putting into their lobby groups. They contributed 259,000 to the federal government, and in 2012, that number was larger at 353,000 dollars. Hmm. So nothing, nothing outrageous. But the beer, wine, and liquor industry as a whole spent $23 million on lobbying. Woo! Yeah. So, yeah, this is... No, I like that it's come down. We're almost... We're getting close to what would have been our year marker for doing this show. It's crazy that's sneaking up on us. And our one of our first news stories was that this was starting, and it's taken a year of... You know, everybody ditching the extra weight and cutting the fat around the edges and packing it in elsewhere to go ahead and be cut off. For so good when everything moves at the speed of government. Yeah. Oh well. When everything moves even, at the speed of hearings. We even <laughs> knew starting this out that like this was going to be a long, long story. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing about it, but yeah, it's... It's here. It's come to pass. We now there's no more dreading it. It is upon us. We live in this. It's, it's Let's put here. It to bed. It's here. It's something. Get used to it. <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll go ahead and scooch on into our next news story, which it's another horse we've beaten to death. Mm-hmm. Goose Island. Hey, did you hear the Bourbon County Stouts last year were infected with lactobacillus? Nope, never heard a word of it. Never? Oh, well, I'm surprised. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm only ba- vaguely paying attention at any <laughs> given moment. So, <laughs> Well, um, we had some more details on the story because we ran this again uh, just a couple weeks ago, which talked about it. They, had, they said two. it was real shaky and confusing because they kept saying two more of the Bourbon County brand stouts from last year i was like wait weren't there only four so that would be all of them (laughs) i think there were six six so okay but what it came down to on uh the recalls the latest batch 
is uh, batches of the 2015 Bourbon County brand stout bottles eligible for refunds were bottled on these dates. Pay attention if you have the Bourbon County brand stouts from last year, Casey. <laughs> October yeah, 9th. Yeah, go back in and check that list. <laughs> October 9th. October 12th. October 21st. October 22nd. October 23rd. October 26th. October 30th. November 4th. And November 5th, the lone batch of proprietors Bourbon County Stout brewed and eligible for refund is September 18th is when that one was brewed. So if you have any of the regular, just the Bourbon County brand stouts, and those dates are bottled dates, which will be printed on there. It will bottled on. They are most likely infected with the lactobacillus, and it's going to sour the beer. So if you were aging it, it's probably not fit to age. <laughs> and this link will be in the show notes in case you need to reference these dates again. But some other things that we were talking about, what's what's happening with this, are there options and what's going on? Because those bottling dates, think about that for last year, those dates are starting to creep up on us for this year's. No, it's not. It's still like February, right? No, no, man. Turned around and it's like, oh man, it's almost August. The hell oh, happened to this year? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what happened to this year? It's gone. I drank it away. Well, that's probably accurate in my case. <laughs> but no, okay. The first article I found on this whole thing, which I can't refind. Casey was trying to help me earlier. It's it up and vanished. Like it's just gone. But uh, the article was talking about uh, a former. Brewer with uh, Deschutes is now... What about Delighters? No. Oh. Not Delighters. A former brewer from Deschutes, um, since I can't refine the article, I can't double-check any of this, so it's just what I could remember. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to put anything. I wanted to say it was like a former head brewer from Deschutes, but a former brewer, someone involved with the scandal they had with their, I can't even remember the year, uh, The Abyss one year, the release, had this exact same problem. And it, it's what led Deschutes to start pasteurizing their beers, especially their stouts, to keep it, I mean, it keeps the infection out. Gotta and bring just, in that Louis Pasteur method to get this stuff done. <laughs> and this article was mentioning that apparently it may be from uh, the ABMBEV acquiring of but this person has also been now moved to goose island and is involved somehow with the bourbon county project so that maybe they're moving to start pasteurizing the bourbon county stouts to prevent this and so, the article was also going on uh about how in the the one warehouse goose island has the one warehouse for aging the barrel aged stuff they are barrel aging stouts and sours which is possibly where the infection came from, is because you have all the wild yeasts and things going on with the sours, running amok in there, and it would not take much. No. Somebody forgets to um, wash their hands before going into the other room and then touches a few things. Turn Those... the page, wash your yep. hands. <laughs> Turn the page, wash your hands. Essentially. Yeah. But Those then... places that deal with sour bacteria are extremely... Um, diligent at making sure that it stays away from their other stuff. So it, it kind of surprises me that they would have let this happen at Goose Island. 
But at the same time, as you're growing, maybe some processes have broken down. Yeah, and that's uh, one, another one of the articles. I didn't link it to everyone else. I'm I'm terrible at, about that. But <laughs> this article was talking about the choices that Goose Island is going to have to make about what to do with Bourbon County Stout moving forward. And they're saying they may be looking at like a full clean-out of this facility. Oh they do a whole whole year with no no Bourbon County? No, no. that's That would not be done. It okay. would be a full sanitization of this facility. And if we have the video up uh, on the website where they show you inside this facility and the bottling and barreling of all the beer. So, And it would be a complete disassembly and sanitization, which is kind of already supposed to happen right. between <laughs> bottlings of the entire facility to make sure they cleanse any any trace of the lactobacillus out. And that's, I mean, it's still going to be difficult to do. Yeah. It could be, you know, hanging up in the wooden rafters. It could, I mean, it, you don't know what it could be stuck on. Well, this, it, everything that they've got here is aged in a bourbon barrel, yeah. which is the most... <laughs> joyous occasion whenever uh, a bacteria and porous wood meets it, it's like a match made in heaven for exactly that bacteria that's to thrive. Bacteria. That's at the same time it's also the most magical day in a beer's life when it comes into a bourbon barrel i mean it's any little children are outside old men who have just been visited by three ghosts open the window and go what day is it boy and they're like it's bourbon barrel day sir angels come down they take their share i mean it's what happens <laughs> It's not too late. <laughs> it's not too late. I can still get the get the aging process started. But yeah, oh, uh, it's, it's that, which, I mean, as, as the article went on, it's like, they should be doing this anyway, <laughs> or start pasteurizing. And I'm thinking from that other article that I has just vanished and I can't find anymore to reference that they are going, they're swinging with pasteurizing it moving forward. You know, pasteurization for a beer that ages means that it doesn't change as much. Um, mm. Whenever you've got... This is the what I was asking a minute ago and just had found a way to to figure yeah. it out. So it's, it's going to make it, I guess, less changeable in age. Which what, what you get in the bottle uh, when it's bottled and pasteurized is pretty much what you're going to get other than some oxidation changes. Um, that yeast isn't going to have any activity later on because it's dead. Hmm. I'm just not, like, it's not James Brown, is it? But I just went, like, what you pasteurize is what you get. <laughs> but I, I can say I've had uh, one of the newer This Year's Abyss. I've got a bottle in the closet. And um, I had somewhere out at a bar one night. You were there, Casey. <laughs> mm-hmm. It tasted delicious. It was pasteurized. I've got to say, fresh. It was amazing, and if by pasteurizing it, it just means, you know, these are, it's like IPAs now, it's meant to be enjoyed fresh. I said, maybe it means you don't have to put it in your closet and, you know, stare at it like a crazy miser. Hey, what I do with my beer. (laughs) You don't even know. I recall a conversation before we started recording. I feel like I do know, Brittany. I've seen the closet. The closet's grown in size. Oh, God. <laughs> Brittany uh, was uh, giving Chris down the road because every beer that she said, well, we could try this. And Chris was like, no, that's got to be saved for a later day. We were trying to figure out what to drink for the episode. 
And I was like, well, what about that one that I just got? And he's like, well, but we should probably save that. Because <laughs> Oktoberfest is right around the corner, and everyone will be up here. <laughs> Bless you. Okay. Everyone's heard enough about that. Let's move on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Moving on to, to happier news, right? No, no, it has all been bad news. This has been bad news day. Yeah. I'm just going to drink my sorrows away. (laughs) So, clear. (laughs) Pretty much the entirety of Ballast Point's board just up and walked out. We have no reason why. Uh, Ballast Point COO, head brewer, co founding distiller also departs. Uh, Following the departures of the CCO. And the president and CEO and general counsel. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Yusuf Cherney, who worked alongside founder Jack White at Homebrew Mart to build Ballast Point Brewing and Spirits, is also leaving the company following departures this week of Earl Knight, the CCO, Jim Buechler. I'll, like that. Buechler. I'll allow it. Buechler. <laughs> who Buechler. is the president and CEO, and Julie Buechler, I'll assume wife who is listed as general counsel. Uh, Maybe sister, you don't know. Or both. Wait. <laughs> no, wait, it's not West Virginia. I was going to say, wait, no, it's this isn't Game of Thrones. I've been watching a lot of that. Constellation Brands president Marty Burkle, Burkill will be stepping into Jim Bulicker's role. So, Oh, good, because I wanted some glass in my ballast point. <laughs> Constellation <laughs> Brands, the fine folks who make Corona. That's yeah. not all they make. It's I know. They, 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 like the, the main... they make Negro Modelo. Enunciations. Edits have been made in the past. Pacifica? Pacifica, yeah. Not to be disparaging, but at the same time, like there's going to be glass in all of your Ballast Point. <laughs> it's so, Ballast Point, in my opinion recently, they've been doing a lot of really good things. and They've been doing the Lord's work. The Lord of <laughs> Beer, Dionysus. Then they've been available <laughs> everywhere. It's been like, oh, you want craft beer? Well, guess what? Ballast Point is everywhere. It's been as far as the eye can yeah, see. Yeah, and it's pretty exceptional. So it's that part of it has been really nice. But Look, they these, were, are the me- these are the people that got us to drink IPAs. They are. That that's not wrong. But they were they were bought up by Constellation Brands and apparently that relationship is soured to the point that all of the founding members had just packed their stuff up and left. Like I just picture Poss- one of no. them just like flipping Poss- the table and walking out. Possibly. This may, I mean, this may be this may be something that has been in the works since the buyout. It may have been, okay, I don't know what date the buyout happened exactly, but if you count back and it's exactly six months ago, may it have. may have been written into the contract that at they six months, That's you're for getting continuity's out. Sake. Yeah, yeah, we don't know why. They they're like they get, yeah, it could have been that like after a year, their shares get bought out and they're done with it. And they were only or, there after the buyout to ease the transition. Or, guys, we're, we're not considering the option that Maybe they decide to all go on walkabout at the same time. <laughs> Just travel the world. The contagious walkabout. Find, find, find themselves, as it were. To see maybe, where they are. And maybe they one back. day they just left and they're all actually playing Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they all stop like, man, you know what? Beer's great and all, but I still don't have, I still don't have that Charizard. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go hit the seven seas. Why is he in the water? I don't know. <laughs> 
There's uh, an amazing, they have a nice big quote of the statement of them leaving, and it's full of sailing puns and <laughs> all that jazz, but I'm not going to read it. It's unbearable with the puns, I Again, will say. articles will I mean, be linked. The ship would never have sailed its course without assembling a world-class team. <laughs> a lot of sail onwards. <laughs> it's yeah. to the point that it hurts a little bit. And Hope to embark goes, on my I new must, adventure. As it goes, they must raise the davit and deploy the dinghy to begin <laughs> their voyage on a new course. It's intolerable, I've got to say. As they sail away, I have due course... And hope to embark on my new adventure, the short journey. So yeah, whatever it is for HR reasons, they could not like. There is no statement as to why they left. There's this this big puffery piece that's all. Oh well, we're going to do what our hearts really want to do, and it's like no, <laughs> your hearts and, want to make beer. <laughs> well, and yes, I hope to catch a few fish before the real work begins. I'm just going to keep reading this until you like your head explodes. It actually just, hurts. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> it's going to happen. I mean, it was always going to happen. We knew how this was going to end. So, yeah, um, in our big list, if you're keeping track, quite a few head brewers have stepped down from major craft beer. And I, I want to do a thing now where we just play Family Feud and just like, this head brewer stepped down. <laughs> Survey says... So it could have been one of any seven. At anyone, this point. Yeah. someone, someone not Jim Cook stepped down. Right. That man will never stay down. He's he is their their alcoholic in chief. He, neither neither he disease. nor um, Sam from Dogfish Head. Yeah, Killed both of them. Yeah. If if Jim Cook dies of liver disease, I'm going to do my best to join him. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where he's not making beer and being drunk at Oktoberfest. Just being happy. Well, just chug. being just being a, just happy to be there. We chug to our deaths. Okay. Be a warrior's death. <laughs> you know what? We need to bring this up. Let's uh let's move into untapped, see if we can improve this this mood. Get hope so. riggedy, riggedy, yeah, that's how you improve the mood. Wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> means I am in pain. <laughs> Please help. <laughs> All right, our first badge. Summer sipping with wolf pup. Uh, never freaking heard of this. Neither have I. Golden nope, Road. I was going to say, like, you guys have, have anything on this? Cause I'm... I've got no beats on this. I looked nope. around this week. I didn't see nope. any of it. No Golden Road. <laughs> Golden Road Brewing is helping you beat the heat by canning its hoppy and refreshing Wolf Pup Session IPA. To celebrate this newly canned brew, we're bringing you the Wolf Pup Session IPA badge. Highly drinkable with a wildly aromatic tropical and citrus character, Wolf Pup is the perfect companion to keep on sipping for those long sunny days. To earn the Wolf Pup Session IPA badge, you'll be checking into one Wolf Pup Session IPA between. Seven twenty-five sixteen and eight thirty-one sixteen. So you've got about a month. The name is great, and the description sounds pretty fantastic. I mean, sure. I mean, as soon as you say here. citrus, I'm like, yes. So it uses Cascade, Simcoe, Chinook, Equox, Mosaic, and Galaxy Hops. I may have pulled up Wolf Pup. I was just say must look. Oh, and now I'm just getting Wolf Puppies. Oh. <laughs> oh man, wolf wolf dogs are legal here in this state. <laughs> they are actually they're legal in Ohio. Straight up wolves are legal in Ohio. 
because my work took me to a wolf sanctuary. That was pretty Yeah, the problem is people get them and think, oh, I can domesticate this, and then uh, they hit adolescence and then realize, no. There's actually a <laughs> wolf sanctuary. Take this away from me. There's a wolf sanctuary <laughs> a half hour from here huh. that does public tours, and you can go pet the uh, the more pettable ones. The other <laughs> ones are locked away in the back, and there's a key that someone ate a long time ago, and they're like, no, you could, you don't go near there. <laughs> The ones uh, that you can pet fighting. and you're, you still have a hand when you draw it back. They seriously treat that area like the raptors at Jurassic oh. Park. <laughs> okay. Sure. Right. I think I think this is another one of those California West Coast beers. It oh, yeah, it's from LA. I look at the places where like they're having like their debut for some of their experimental or their casks with experimental hops. It's like San Fernando Road, LA. Yeah. Orangewood Avenue, Anaheim. Curse you, West Coast. Curse you! Yeah. Except for we're coming to see you next month. Curse then, then bless you. you! Pick some up, bring it back. They're based out of uh, Los Angeles, so yeah, we're not making it that far down. Yeah, no. Unless I'm I sure think they distribute. The, the furthest south we'll make it will be um... ah crap. I don't know. I'm forgetting the name of it now. Uh, that's uh, sorry. Like, nothing to help you with. <laughs> For a minute there, Chris saying "Ah crap" was the most like Scott Johnsony sounding thing I've ever heard <laughs> ah, in my life. Crap. <laughs> it, uh, Redding, Redding, California is the furthest south we'll make it. Oh, so God. if they distribute up to there, and we can find it at a gas station, sure, because that is going oh, yeah. to be a long day. That we are oh, shooting God. from the coast to Salt Lake. Jesus, kill me! <laughs> this kill was me. your idea. <laughs> Okay. We're just start sending you random texts now, Chris, and we're just going to start calling you F a dog. <laughs> F a dog. Okay. Uh, the next badge: Puff Puff Pint. Um. Okay. That's a weed pun. Yeah. No, I I got it. If you love six point resin. Try tasting it straight from the tank. The mad scientists have unveiled their latest formula, Puff. This dank ale is a hazy, unfiltered pour with an extra dose of special dry hop blend. This puffy, cloudy brew is only available for a limited time, so breathe deep and put your head in the clouds. Experience Puff and its fresh take on a classic six-point favorite, and you'll unlock a brand-new badge. Check into one six-point Puff between July 22nd and August 22nd, and the Puff Puff Pint badge is all yours. Too many weed puns. Can't do it. Yeah, we talked about this last time. The uh, the whole weed pun thing. Pretty worn, pretty thin on me. Holy crap! Uh, yeah. That is nine point eight percent ABV. And it's also a cloudy IPA too, like a northeast is, IPA. Which uh, is it like ten point six percent THC? <laughs> we were gonna talk about those, uh, and we'll save it. We can still do that episode. Save it. We'll Saving it. it. Moving on. Final badge for this episode. Flesh and Blood. Uh, I want this one. I had this one. It was amazing. Because I didn't get to try this. Oh. Okay. Citrus-fueled India Pale Ales have been all the rage over the past year. Something else yes. we were going to talk about. Combining your favorite hop flavors with the kick of grapefruit, blood orange, lemon, lime, and more. The taste on the scene 
comes from our friends at Dogfish Head, and it's sure to set the bar even higher. Flesh and Blood IPA is an honest-to-goodness Indian pale ale, a style Dogfish Head has excelled at with 60-minute, 90-minute, brewed with a massive amount of real citrus, including orange peel, lemon flesh, and blood orange juice. With a solid hoppy base, a true citrus kick, and clocking in at 7.5% ABV, you won't want to miss out. Enjoy this great new Dogfish beer. You can unlock the brand new badge, Chicken to One Flesh and Blood IPA from Dogfish Head between July 15th and August 15th, and the Flesh and Blood badge is yours. Time okay. is definitely can running I, out. Can I point out that Dogfish Head among the Create Your Own Six Pack Isle is like among the more expensive end of that? Mm. <laughs> they are. Like well, every time I'm like looking up there, like, oh, maybe I'll get. Nope. <laughs> they're the no, ones selling are... like $14 four packs, though. Yeah, it's like it's just I I only have so much money. I I don't see it like I can understand it on some of their beers. Like their pumpkin ale when that comes out is so sought after that I kind of understand the pricing on that. But and and this one I think is probably going to be at it's the in, same level, honestly. No, it, this one's in six packs. Uh they have plenty of it. Yeah, but it's not. But the, as far as the price is concerned, it's it's also very limited release. I, I will we've say, established, Chris, I can't. Af- I, I not even afford. I can't commit myself emotionally to a whole six pack. You could have this. I got this one. Well, honestly, I'm, this one should be a six pack swap for us soon. Okay, the, it, it's worth it. I At loved it. Point, I had some it. Point we'll work out a schedule where that can happen. Yeah. In my opinion, it was the best of this uh, citrus IPA craze we've seen this year. This was mm-hmm. the best one I've had. Really? It didn't taste... Well, look at the blood orange. It's it different. wasn't, you know, fake and syrupy like most of them are. Yes. Yeah, Casey had that, that realization recently, didn't you? Yeah, it was... I it on Untapped. It, first oh, off, yeah. it was um, during one of our uh, classes, the beer classes that I take... Um, we were doing an ep- a, a phenol class of all things. I'm sorry, <laughs> I just had a, a, a wake me when we're done. Yeah, and we started talking after that. We started talking about uh, melanoidins versus caramelization, and we got into beers that were had melanoidins. Did not this? This was basically our, our setting for Melano- no melanoidin, no Melan- caramel flavors. Melanoidin is that thing that makes that that I don't have is why I don't tan, right? Yeah, melatonin. <laughs> Melanin. <laughs> um, the, the the whenever I checked in, they, we were we were talking about how this beer was kind of like resetting. It was the mango even kill was what that one was, mm. and oh, yeah. they used um, it, it says natural flavors. So if you're ever reading the side of a beer can that says natural flavors, don't think they've put real fruit in there. No. They've put a naturally derived flavor additive into that. It's mm. not an artificial flavor. It's a natural flavor, but it's still not necessarily the real flavor. It makes me want to look on the Moreline Blood Orange one that we had because I really liked it. I it I don't. It's been a while since I've had legitimate, like an actual blood orange, so I don't know if it was artificial or not. I don't remember. Yeah, I wouldn't but it was be really able to good. tell the difference. I've I've never had a blood orange. You say blood, and I tend to get a little like, no, I don't want to eat that. That <laughs> orange is, that orange has eaten the the 
eating its enemies and their hearts for their courage. During a short time when I juiced my own orange juice, I would mix half blood orange and half like a, a normal tangerine or something like that. Huh. So if I'm mm. guessing that craze lasted about four weeks. Less. Yeah, like I'm just trying to think of like how long you were willing to commit. To... It was like it, it was longer than my juicing diet of 18 hours, and it was <laughs> less sure than my diet, beer brewing time. Your so. juicing diet lasted the day you were coming up here for Oktoberfest, and then yeah. realizing you left it all here when you went away after that weekend, yeah. and then it was done. Indeed. So, yep. Nope. Forget it. Hundred, or I can't remember how much the juicer was, but it was it was an expensive juicer for eighteen hours of a diet. Hey, now you're pumping apples through that bad boy, aren't you? Ain't that the truth, right? And they hold up to those five pounds of juice. But uh, but yeah, so artificial flavors, natural flavors. The the I think it's the FDA that actually regulates what can be called what. But if it's a naturally derived flavor additive, it can be called a natural flavor. So um, the, the Hefeweizen that I had this past week um, came from Schlafly, a large distributor of beer. And I expected their uh, – it was a raspberry hef. And so I expected their raspberry hef to be artificially flavored or natural flavor additives. But whenever I looked on, it said made with raspberry puree, which oh. means it's real fruit. Yeah, It was a raspberry Hefeweizen. <laughs> it was delicious too. Well, that's going to close up untapped, so I think we need uh, to... Always good to end in a Prince parody. Yes. Right. <laughs> Rolling into our topic. There is... There is no way on God's green earth that that was not going to be the intro to vodka. <laughs> so we we had to. We had to. Anyone wondering uh, that that intro brought to you by Corpo Klani. One of our favorite bands from Finnish, Finland. Finnish folk metal band. So we're mixing everything. We're bringing it all in. It's fine. <laughs> they have a song on every album dedicated to an alcohol. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so, vodka... Uh, vodka is a distilled beverage. Vodka. <laughs> no. Sorry, is I'm, it? I'm the not devil gonna... you say. <laughs> it's composed primarily of water and ethanol, but it's sometimes with traces traces of impurities and flavorings. Traditionally, vodka is made by the distillation of fermented cereal grains or potatoes. Though I some... haven't tasted a single bit of Lucky Charms out of these. <laughs> that would be delicious. I'm sure there's a flavor out there. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, some modern brands are actually using substances like fruits or, or sugar for um, the uh, fermentation. Yeah, I've seen uh, places make like pineapple vodka. Like in Hawaii, I think is where... Oh, I, yeah. I wasn't great. in Hawaii, but I remember seeing someone talk it, about it. It's called like blue or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like they, they'll... You know, you could technically, I think, make vodka out of anything. Yeah. As long yeah, as you, you just are, need a, a sugar source. You right. need, you know, yeah. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We're getting too excited. Um, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like excited for like some of this research we found. Um, so, okay. So uh, the standard Polish, Russian, 
Belarusian, Ukrainian, Estonian, Latvian, all the countries associated. Uh, those vodkas are 40% alcohol by volume, so ABV, which is 80 U.S. proof, a right. um, percentage that is widely misattributed to Dmitry Mendeleev. Um, sure, sounds legit. Yeah. The European, U- European Union has established a minimum of 37.5% ABV for any European vodka to be named as such. So products sold as vodka in the United States must have a minimum alcohol content of 40%. Even with these loose restrictions, most vodka sold contains 40% ABV. So, Yeah, no. Most, most of your regular commercial alcohols have a, a set limit. And like 40 is pretty close to what most yeah. things are. It's almost normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I knew I knew Mendeleev's name from somewhere. He's the guy that did the periodic table of the elements. Oh, yeah. Mm. Now, did he know that you knew that he knew that you knew? <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Okay. I don't know. So, uh, okay, so this is the great part. So vodka is traditionally drunk neat, though it's often served chilled in the vodka belt countries. So that looking... is the best wrestling championship belt <laughs> no. ever. Pre-show, we had this discussion. Vodka is served chilled traditionally because that's the only way you can serve it in these countries. There's no chi- such like it's just chilled. <laughs> that's just naturally how Room everything temperature is. is chilled. So oh, the country, I was like, "There's a vodka belt." So that that was the biggest thing for me. So these countries are, and I have to I have to list them out because I'm just like sure. Um, Belarus. Estonia, Finland, Iceland, Latvia, Lithuania, Norway, Poland, Russia, Sweden, and the Ukraine. Um, so it's also commonly used in cocktails, mixed drinks, such as it's, like the vodka martini, cosmopolitan, vodka tonic, which I don't hear often as, as, as much, but um, and then the no, uh, white it's, Russian. No, it's super common. Really? Okay. Um, the uh, screwdriver, that kind of thing. Uh, also Bloody Marys, obviously. It's 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 fantastic for for mixed drinks because it has no taste of itself. It's just adds an alcoholic kick to whatever you're mixing. Right. Um, uh, as opposed to like, you know, scotch pretty much brings itself to the party whenever it's there. <laughs> right. right. Uh, although I've had someone, uh, it wasn't a, a vodka drink, but it was like a, a rum drink, and they wanted me to replace. Uh, like mango rum for like Johnny Walker black scotch. You're like, that's not mango, even the same. <laughs> into a mango puree frozen drink. Ugh. Was it a whiskey yeah. drink? I don't know about all that. You ever wanted to try smoky mangoes? Me, <laughs> me no. either, but I tried it. Not as much. Um, so vodka, the name itself, diminutive form of the Slavic word voda, which means water. <laughs> so it's interpreted right. as little water, which I thought was funny. Diminutive. There are more letters in vodka than voda. Mm, yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, not not too many, but still. Um, so vodka is a uh, chameleon, as we talk, just said. Uh, it kind of blends seamlessly with pretty much anything you want. Um, there's no accident there. So uh, while there are no universal rules for producing the spirit, the final product is supposed to be colorless, odorless, and tasteless. Um, Vodka isn't completely neutral, 
and a number of distillers actually leave in a good amount of flavor. Um, unlike scotches and cognacs, which are made in pot stills, vodka is us- usually produced in a high-volume, continuous column still. And after distillation, the spirit is filtered to remain or to remove any remaining impurities. So coal is traditionally used as a filter, but some brands are even using um, diamonds to, to it's filter. Still coal. It's still coal. Yeah, but it just sounds <laughs> crazy to say diamonds. <laughs> Technically, yes, it is still coal. Okay. Like you think of a piece of coal versus an actual diamond that someone's using yeah, just to filter just vodka. Diamonds are filtering. Yeah, I don't think that. That's just at that point. That's marketing. Yeah, yeah right. Like, that's no, that's our- the Trump thing that we looked at. I'm surprised that's yeah. not one of the taglines with the Trump vodka. Yeah, because coal is not so condensed down as like diamonds. It's able to, you know be porous take things in and right diamonds are very luxurious hardest substance on earth and i had to stop from getting that explicit label (laughs) (laughs) um when you did say though that uh some distillers actually leave in a good amount of flavor i do remember getting a it was near christmas because it was like a, a special pack but Chopin Vodka came out with a three-pack of a wheat, a rye, and a potato vodka all in the same pack. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was doing research, I, I, I was trying to see like them to describe the difference between wheat, vodka, uh, wheat, potato, and like rye. Yeah. And that was the, what they used as their, their example. Like They kind of graded everything compared to that. Mm-hmm. And it's very the the flavor differences are very minute, but you could you can tell them if you haven't been you know eating Cajun food and and then trying to go in to do it. <laughs> the the good thing about vodka, I guess it could you know you can go good or bad with it depending, but um, it isn't aged and it can be bottled immediately after it's done with production. Um, yeah, it's also. Uh, flavored vodkas are kind of well crazy i guess <laughs> it, it mentions america as kind of a big deal for yeah it, it's like a college thing essentially you mix flavored vodka with just about anything it is I... what what was in the fridge when you all had the dorm raided while i was gone um there was like it was cheap i know that a lot of cheap flavored vodkas or something except for the few expensive things we had which they didn't pour down the drain (laughs) all the cheap stuff they poured it down the drain like we're gonna make you watch except for this good stuff we're taking that with us (laughs) (laughs) i am never ever going to drink bacon flavored vodka like that's that's where i draw a line but bacon flavored beer is amazing oh okay (laughs) <laughs> but bacon vodka just the only thing I could see it working in is like Bloody Marys. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see it there. That's fine. Because then you you've got so many other flavors going on too that it's just like oh, yeah. okay. And just stuff a strip of bacon down in there as well. Like say I, I, mm. I picture the drink from um, sixteen bit, but it's it's that's the bacon whiskey, the Chuck Norris drink there. Mm. But at the same time, I could see it working Not with the okay vodka. With- I'm not okay with that either. <laughs> uh, whiskey is meant to be. Never mind. We get into crazy. This is the vodka episode, not the whiskey episode, right? 
Yes. Get a whiskey drink. Edric of vodka drink. <laughs> this is the second time today. Uh, <laughs> Happened uh, in pre-show as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So this uh, the last part of this kind of just talks about um, the big shift in America, and it, it had to do with a lot of uh, Smirnoff's aggressive marketing campaign. Yeah. Smirnoff's and Zimas. Boyah, boyah. Um, and then, like later, we got the introduction introduction of um, Swedish the S- Sweden's absolute brand, and then the uh, Grey Goose vodka, which is another big kind of deal here. Which, yeah, so. since we were talking about Constellation Brands earlier, Svedka Vodka is owned by Constellation Brands. Huh. Nice crossover there. Okay, that's yeah. at least a slightly better one from the from the pool <laughs> that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yes. And I'm trying to remember like our typical like. The, the the top shelf vodka that I would usually have to pull down would be like Belvedere and Grey Goose. And Grey Goose is like French, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I have I'm not no a, idea. I'm not a vodka drinker. That's an excellent question. <laughs> someone, with a, someone with a computer in front of them should look that up. But I have Mountain. to say, my go-to when I wanted something, when I was going to just be taking it straight... Something That's a little top said. shelf, yes. <laughs> Something like a little top that. shelf. I would take uh, kettle one. Oh yeah, mm. that's another yeah. big deal. Yeah, like the ones just below that were usually like kettle, uh, Stoli, and uh, absolute and the flavored absolutes. Because we kept like a, a lemon. We had, uh, we had a, a uh, lemon absolute we would use for Cosmos. Mm. It's, it's a lot easier than trying to squeeze lemons in there than squeeze limes. I have a lot of cuts in my hands. I don't need... <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh, God, my. it hurts. Oh, my God. I worked this last weekend with a giant hole. Well, not giant, but like a sizable hole in my thumb. It had to... Sque- in my right hand, you know, where I do everything. And so I'm squeezing limes into, uh, lemons into LITs and limes into Cosmos just going... I hate my life. I hate my life. <laughs> Ever think you don't have any tiny paper cuts on your hands? Squeeze you some lemons fu- and <laughs> some lemons and limes. You'll find out real quick that yeah, you do. They're everywhere. Also, everywhere. so Grey Goose is French, and it was sold to Bacardi in two thousand four. Oh, mm. only been around since ninety seven. Yeah. Uh, only reason I could, I think, I could probably remember that Grey Goose is French is because of like their commercial campaign they ran with like the French guy going. They told us this was cognac country. We decided it was vodka. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, it came from cognac, um, the cognac region of France. Yeah. Uh, another way you, I guess you could figure out it's French is it's got the blue, white, and red at the bottom of the bottle, the yeah. colors of the French flag, so that makes sense. Yes, that, that would be a big indicator. It makes too much sense, <laughs> Casey. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I don't have Grey Goose in my house, but... We have vodka in this house, but it was cheap vodka. I don't even know. I think it's left over from the wedding reception. Somebody definitely brought it. We don't buy it. Because we had an open bar wedding reception, and it was all the liquor was supplied by us and our family. Like everyone else. And it, in the end, it was just like, all right, we're done. Everybody just grabbed bottles. <laughs> and we ended up with a massive bottle of Smirnoff. And I was like, you know what? I'm not drinking that. Not for the show. So, Bob... Tell us a little bit about the uh, history of vodka. Why have I got to talk about history? Maybe somebody <laughs> else wants to do it. Because you're highlighted. <laughs> because it's your thing. <laughs> St- 
Don't bring attention to the, the fourth wall. It was the most Rick burp ever. It was. <laughs> Maury. Maury, we gotta go on a beer run. <laughs> oh, jeez, Maury, we gotta go yeah, we'll get some... Maybe we get some more vodka. Oh, jeez, Rick. <laughs> Alright, no. Um, the origin of modern vodka can be traced back to Poland and Russia, as we've mentioned. Historically speaking, the first record of uh, the production of vodka comes from the 9th century in Russia. The, and the first distillery was mentioned in a Russian newspaper, the Vatia Chronicle. Uh, two centuries later, it, uh, that was mentioned two centuries later in uh, 1174. Uh, the Polish claim the discovery of vodka goes back to the 8th century. But many historians are in agreement uh, that by then they only uh, they only produced uh, crude brandy distilled from wine. Hmm. Then again, you know, Poland and Russia like to like to argue about. Do, do they? Does one about, tend to take I'm, these arguments to a scale of world war? <laughs> arguments about whose borders go where. Um. Russia seems to think it could... Never mind. Russia <laughs> seems to think all of Poland's border belong to them. <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Uh, no, the popularity of vodka began to rise in the 14th century. By then, vodka was used for more than two centuries as a medicinal remedy. But according to legend, a monk called Isidore from Shudov... Uh, from Chodov Monastery and the uh, in Kremlin made the first recipe for Russian vodka. Using his knowledge of distillation, he created the drink that became very popular in the entire country. And by 1540, Russian Tsar Ivan the Terrible decided to replenish the royal treasuries by introducing high taxes on vodka and establishing a network of taverns across the land. These governments, uh, these government taverns, had the exclusive rights to sell vodka to the people, and the private manufacture of the drink was punishable by law. This, of course, was not applicable to the nobility, who still had the permission to make their own vodka. And by the 17th century, uh, vodka became the national drink of Russia, and it became regularly served in the royal court, used during celebrations and religious ceremonies. During this time, vodka remained uh, relatively low alcohol volume, not exceeding 40%, and was called by numerous names such as burning wine, bread wine, or simply wine. Russia did not have the cap- capability to produce grapes, and <laughs> very small quantities of expensive Western European wine were imported. Because cold! And we mentioned this <laughs> cold in Russia. Not not grape country. Are uh, you sure? Yeah, pretty sure. Frost grapes can't be a thing. Or is that Oh, there is ice wine, but uh, I guess that's like, <laughs> you know, you got to have a little bit of a, a growing season. Can we you just know, call potatoes may- maybe, frost grapes? Maybe as temperatures continue to rise, Russia will be able to produce their own wine. In the meantime, vodka uh, the name vodka, however, refers to the medicinal type of drinks, often surpassing 75% alcohol by volume. I don't think these, these medicines made you uh, made you better. I think they just made you not care. Yeah, you flippin' forgot that you were sick. <laughs> or there is the option that it just it killed everything in you. 
it just pickled you, and you're just like, yeah, no, I'm, I, I just won't die now. I think that's how the uh, the old forever. queen mother used to live. Uh, between the 18th and 19th century, Russia, the Russian state started heavily promoting vodka as the national drink, and its taxation became so lucrative that it represented 40% of the entire annual revenue. I feel like that's more depressing. <laughs> Not because of like oh like they, they they drink a lot, but because like really forty percent of your entire annual revenue was okay tied up in the vodka industry. In eighteen sixty three, the government monopoly on vodka production was finally repealed, giving the ability of common people to produce and uh, sell their own drinks. You know this right here is one of the ways that Russia is far ahead of the U.S. in, in uh, freedom laws, I guess you could say. Well, this eventually led to the plummeting of the drink's prices and its slow expansion outside of Russia. Uh, by, the the 18th century, no. <laughs> by the 18th century, distillation received several significant advances, uh, most notably the process of rectification. Which you, which was used to remove the unpleasant taste of drink that was caused by distillation. Wow. Uh, most rectification was done with charcoal, uh, which is pretty much how we know it today. And it also enabled brewers to create drinks with over ninety percent alcohol content in them. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, when you're when you're cold. Yeah, and you've you're got nothing fuel. else to do because it's dark all the time. All your F's are gone. <laughs> you're just making fuel at that point. <laughs> they weren't quite sure what the fuel was for because you ever wonder how Russia beat us in the space race? <laughs> well, it was because they had all the rocket fuel sitting around. <laughs> that and pencils instead of uh, multi-million dollar ink pens. No, that's not that's not true. I'm gonna, <laughs> no, we're gonna take a break and we're gonna break this down. You know why pencils are a bad idea in space? Pencil graphite shaving. makes dust. Yes. Dust oh, okay. Shavings, well, that too. Everything's getting everywhere. You're not gonna be able to use your equipment when all of a sudden there's wood just jammed in every nook and cranny. No, you need an expensive pen. You know what the Russians did after we invented the space pen? bought the space pen from us because they're like, man, this pencil thing is a dumb idea. And now we hitch <laughs> rides with them into space. Alright, sorry. that Tangent, tangent. Rant over. over. Alright, no. Uh, the Polish history of vodka was very different than in Russia. There, the government did not sanction its production and sale, uh, enabled by the decree of King Jan Olbricht in uh, King Wanyam. Wanyam? <laughs> No, I don't think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, I believe that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wasn't alive in 1564 as a know. king in Poland. Keanu Reeves was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, he allowed uh, every citizen to produce vodka. That is the most... Okay, whatever. That, that's a crazy law. Um <laughs> Since Everybody the 16th century, this drink remained the most popular drink of that nation. Even today, the biggest centers of vodka production are uh, the biggest centers of production. Production in, vodka production is located <laughs> in a Polish city of Ponzen. First of all, that sentence is a little messed up, and second of all, I've been doing shots of vodka for the last two hours. Okay, so I'm going to say 
first of all, this this whole thing about the history is from a website called Vodka Facts. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I was like, sure. Uh, I, <laughs> she had to go and I edit to, it. Like my complaint was that there aren't, there weren't articles in the article. <laughs> like I had to go. Like I, I don't think it was written by someone who's maybe English was their first language, and so I had to add like the and a's and ands in places that made sense. <laughs> so <Sorry>. yeah, <laughs> That's, that was part of my research. I was tired. I started a new job. <laughs> I've, <laughs> Not gotten much sleep. You're fine. Uh, anyway, the spreading of vodka outside of the borders of Poland and Russia came in the 1930s when several influential influential vodka makers immigrated from Russia to the West. Uh, one of those in- immigrants, uh, uh, you know, I've never been able to quite pronounce this, Piotr? Uh, Does that sound... I trust your pronunciation. It's how I've always pronounced Colossus' first name from the X-Men. Uh, Piotr Smirnov and his son Vladimir uh, who bought the American rights to the Smirnov vodka name one of the biggest influential the biggest and I guess most influential Russian vodka brands Uh, during very hard economic times in the American Great Depression they were forced to sell their company in the following years Smirnov company changed owners several times uh, before becoming world famous after its appearance in the James Bond movies. Uh-huh. Uh, these appearances from the movies Dr. No and Beyond secured Smirnoff's brand as the most popular in the world. Which I kind of wonder how that that first came into the movies, whether it was like a paid yeah. sponsorship or what. Because in the books, he doesn't drink vodka, he or martinis, he drinks champagne, tetanche. Huh. So that's yeah, an odd, that's, like... You wonder if it I, was... A- who directed Dr. No? If it was like a director or writer that really liked Smirnoff and like shoehorned it in, or if it, I have a feeling it was a paid thing because they have run ads in the past 10 years that use the James Bond appearances in the ads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, well, he did drink, he drank uh, martini in the first book, Casino Royale. You mm. are drunk. No, I looked it up online. No, no, no. You used the phrase, he drinked. No. <laughs> the man's Whatever. drunk. I like it. Uh, this is why, why liquor episodes are dangerous. They're more fun, though. This is why some of us chose not to do the liquor on the liquor episode. <laughs> uh, no, it was a mix of gin, vodka, and Kina Little uh, Shaken. Huh. And... I think that's why he. I think that was the drink that he called uh, the the Vesper after. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but apparently, in other books, he would also uh, also order vodka martinis. But he was more of a champagne and other sort of drinks kind of guy in the books, as well as much more of a sociopath. Um, to this day, Russia remains one of the largest consumers of vodka in the world. In 1991, vodka represented 89% of all alcohol consumed, down to 70% in 2001. The popularity of this drink also contributed uh, also contributed to its appearance in many cocktails, thanks to its neutral flavor, as we talked about before, and its ability to not be detected in the uh, breath of the consumer. 
still, I'm pretty sure, shows up on a breathalyzer test. It does because it's not it's not actually ethanol that you're smelling. It's a, a metabolite in the body. Which I I used to work with a guy who we did some um, catering, and you know, at being a chef, he enjoyed drinking while he worked, and so he would always suggest drinking vodka because it could be. Uh, smelled but i mean it doesn't make a difference you can still smell the alcohol yeah uh today vodka holds 20 percent of the u.s market and is considered one of the most popular alcoholic drinks worldwide i wanted to toss that in there to just give you the st- statistic for america sororities nationwide agree <laughs> yeah i would say probably out of that uh that 20 percent of the market isn't being drank straight. It's, yeah. it's probably a mixed oh, drink yeah. type. It is oh, mixed how much, something how much of that percentage is uh, is with a, uh, a two-liter bottle of Sprite, Casey? <laughs> oh, no, that was, uh, that was than one. tequila. That was tequila, wasn't it? That was tequila, Two Fingers Tequila, and Diet Sprite with grapefruit. Uh, oh, God. We're gonna, Sierra we're, Mist. Not even Sprite, Sierra Mist. Yeah. I feel like we're going to go into that story more sometime in the future. I feel like Sierra Mist is the superior lemon-lime soda, but that's just my opinion. I mean, I'm I've just... never heard anyone say that, but at the same time, I've never cared. Yeah, I want some the people, lemon-lime soda. Like, a lot a... of people don't tell the difference, whereas I'm just like apparently a lemon-lime snob or something. I prefer Sierra Mist specifically in a can. <laughs> when when someone asks, uh, like, oh, do you all have, and they're asking for lemon lime soda, it's usually they ask for Sprite. And mm. then someone new, like, occasionally, like, is Sierra Mist okay? I have to imagine it's like 1% of the time someone says, oh, no. Because I found that 1%. <laughs> they ask, I said, you all have Sierra Mist? Uh, actually, no, we have Sprite. I'll take a nice tea. <laughs> I'll take the, they not flip that the at table all. and they're like no it's not okay but see <laughs> notice how I doubt anyone ever says 7-Up um, uh, right to. here sitting right here I, no if, I had the, if I had the option it would be 7-Up there's make a 7-Up vending machine downtown Cincinnati on my running route oh my God. make 7-Up yours I run past it now the newer 7-Up like whatever they're doing I, I don't know formula whatever is better, but I did, I used to hate Seven Up, and I spe- I really hate Sprite. I can tell the difference. Like I do not like Sprite. If they if they're like, oh, we have Sprite, and I'm like, no. Hashtag make Seven Up yours. Yes. Yeah. Let's bring it back. Bring it back. Well, oh, I mean, like maybe you want vodka and Sprite. I've maybe. served that before. I can't remember the last time I had vodka that wasn't in a Bloody Mary or a White Russian. Oof. <laughs> White Russian's acceptable. Bloody Marys, I will not have any of. I didn't order the Bloody Mary. I tried it when we were with his family at um, a restaurant over here called the Gruff, and mm. it was actually quite good. Gruff. It was like at like what it was at noon. <laughs> and they're, they're like Bloody Marys, and we're like mimosas. It's a good day. So breakfast the, pizza. Yeah, great day. <laughs> but it was a, yeah, it was actually a really really good Bloody Mary. Probably the best one I've ever had. That episode of Archer where he he wants to make like white Russians, but he has like Kahlua, uh, mm. no milk. Is it like the Mexican thing or something? Or? It, he ends up calling it a brown Mexican. And when yeah. he describes what the, and I went because he had tequila, and I was like, "Yeah, no, that's 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 what I would call it." <laughs> Checks out. 
Yeah. I'm not being a, I'm not being racist. I'm just saying what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of what you've got, let's talk about how to make vodka. Show oh, me what you've got. got. If one <laughs> show me what you've got. If one were so inclined, vodka is an easy spirit to make. The end result simply comes down to a matter of taste and government regulations. In the U.S., vodka... Have a drink does not endorse the the production of uh, (laughs) vodka in your own personal use. Please make sure to buy it from registered distributors and don't get outlawed. Also, moonshine is the bee's knees. (laughs) If you are producing your own uh, backyard liquor, we do endorse the fact that you pay taxes on what you are selling. Yeah, let's say you know somebody, and, uh, yeah. In the U.S., vodka is classified as a neutral spirit, so distilled or so treated after distillation with charcoal or other materials as to be without distinctive character, aroma, taste, or color. By the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, this makes vodka distillation simple in the U.S. because the only variety allowed for is alcohol content. Those who prefer a lower proof, which inherently includes more congeners. Congeners, yes. I was <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and therefore slightly uh, more flavor. Congeners are the um, the other things that are the other one alcohol. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it would be. It would, I mean. I don't think it would include methanol, but it possibly could. Um, I can't help but think methanol is like, oh, yeah, no, meth. <laughs> um, it's just the other things that are included uh, along with the the esters and the phenols. and the- Get out. Casey <laughs> is kicked from the show. Okay, the, <laughs> the meth comment. I saw the post. Someone had a, like a Pikachu strung out a picture of it. <laughs> It said, when you've been out chasing Pokemon all day just to catch that Pikachu, but you realized you had to catch it in Pike County, so it's addicted to meth. <laughs> nah, he'd be addicted to, like, Oxy, but... <sighs> okay. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, you do not need a tall column to achieve this result and could possibly get away with a pot still, which is, you know, a little less efficient. Those I feel like this is like almost instructions to how to make yeah. vodka. We do right not now. endorse. We do again, vodka, but if you did want to know how to do it, if you were to want to make this for your own consumption and not to sell for any financial gain, it doesn't matter. It's still legal, but still, those who prefer a high proof vodka, as is more common, will find that reflux skills, reflux stills. With a higher number of bubble plates, yeah, that word, will accommodate this goal very well. The mash needs only run once through the reflux still, and number of bubble plates the vapors pass through will determine the final proof of the product. Um, for those that are that haven't taken a distillery tour, do it, because it's a lot of fun. And most of the distilleries that you're going to see in bourbon country are going to be uh, reflux stills, except for I know that uh, Woodford Reserve for sure is a triple pot still. Yes, that is yep. like that's their emblem is the triple pot. Yeah, because that's a that's a big deal from them. They got their their pot stills, I think, from Ireland actually. They are large too. 
Yep. That was a great. That was a actually, great tour. <laughs> what's that? That was a really great tour. Sorry, if you, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I would highly recommend that place to specifically tour. Yeah, definitely. Um, be, and they use the pot still because it allows more flavor from the liquor to be in the final product. There are many ways to produce vodka. The most popular vodka is from grains like rye, wheat, and corn. Other options include using potatoes, beets, or molasses. And I kind of been wanting... I feel like Doug Funny would really love beet vodka. (laughs) Jesus. Out. Out. Out of the episode. Can we just say, we have had all the Nickelodeon references now, and it's fantastic. Can we just keep this up? We gotta work in a Hey Arnold reference somewhere. It's okay, Brittany. I'm gonna get in the car, I'm gonna pop up behind you before the episode ends, just going... There is a new Hey Arnold movie coming out. Remember that next year. That messes mm-hmm. me up. I don't understand. Everyone is still tripping up on it, like going, are we supposed to pretend like the last 15 years never happened or this something? It's not okay. It's not okay. Or is maybe, this movie going to pick... Maybe it's still set at the same time. I see this movie going to pick up and it's still the late 90s, because I'm okay with that. Or is Hey Arnold like in a dead-end job where he does nothing but have to deal with sexual harassment all day? No. I want... Can we just make a movie about, like, like I, I need to see... Gerald in a banana costume. I need to see them on the train. Like, no. (laughs) I'm not a fan. The banana and strawberry. They were the fruits. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. What? What? Banana? Oh, never mind. Yeah, you think about it. Other options include... (laughs) Other options include using potatoes, beets, or molasses. Using rye or wheat... First, the grain must be mixed into the water and then heated to create a wort. We've talked about this in the brewing process before. Wort, wort, wort. Wort, wort, wort. Mm-hmm. The heat breaks down the starches into fermentable sugars, which escape the grain and move into the water. Next, Which, oh, um, one thing that they don't mention here, it says the heat. It's not just the heat that breaks it down. It's also, as we had talked about before in the brewing episode, it's the enzymes that are actually in those grains to begin with, the exactly. alpha amylase and uh, beta amylase that break those starches down into sugars. Oh, okay. Next, the wort is drained, and the ensuing liquid becomes the ferment for vodka, also known as the wash. For potatoes, the procedure is the same. Just mash the potato. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> Mashed alcoholic potatoes. Oh. Mash the potatoes I, to facilitate the heating <laughs> and conversion of the starches. I've and had, if were... I've had mashed alcoholic potatoes. Instead of using water, we poured beer into it. Mm. It was delicious. It sounds it, actually. What kind of beer? Really good, what kind of beer? No, like, uh, I think that one we used New Belgium. Oh, really? Mm. Like I was, I had like a twelve pack. We were just using for some cooking beer. Oh, I was just—you had me thinking about it. And I was like, "Oh man, you put some uh, oatmeal stout on that." Oh, oh, yeah. All right, we're gonna have a—we're gonna have to have a, a cooking episode right. sometime. Cooking with beer for sure. <laughs> Okay. Following, the uh, firm- if you were going to do a potato vodka in your professionally licensed distillery, um, you would want to make the like mashed potatoes a really thick. I mean, a really thin mashed potato mixture, 
And then uh, you may actually even want to add in some, after you cook the potatoes, you would maybe want to add in some grain in there, like some barley, uh, some Pilsner malt that has high enzymatic activity. And that way it could help break down those starches into sugars as well. See, if now, you were in a licensed facility. Yes. If you yes. so were licensed. Not out not out in your backyard or in your Correct. bathtub. Correct. Do not do that. We do not condone that. <laughs> Following the fermentation process, the wash is put into the still and is run once through a reflux and at least twice through a pot still. As uh, mentioned I hear above, reflux in like I can just feel it in my chest. <laughs> as mentioned above, the more bubble plates closed off in the reflux still, the higher the proof and the less the flavor. Also, some people might choose to filter the vodka through charcoal. Pretty much everyone does, which adds a slightly smoky flavor, but also gives vodka its crisp taste. It is known for. Finally, so, charcoal and activated. Activated carbon and charcoal, a little bit different. The smoky flavor, most most don't actually go through charcoal. They go through activated carbon, right? like uh, like a Brita water filter, um, right. which will drip out any flavor. But if you're actually sending it through, we talked about this earlier, Chris, yeah. with the, um, the, the not Kingsford instant <laughs> line or whatever. Yeah, uh, don't forget. You, you can't but, go buy a bottle of Tversky <laughs> and a bag of Kingsford and get top shelf vodka out of it. <laughs> so what you're telling me is I could I could take vodka and pour it through a Brita filter. Yes, yeah, no. that is actually what we're telling you you could do. You could go buy a plastic dru- plastic jug of Tversky and dump Again, it through a Again, not 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 that we're condoning this. Not that we're condoning Oh, you actually this. could do this. Oh yeah, that would this be is this is legal. You just dump okay. that jug through there, and every time you filter it through, it is going to improve the purity of that vodka. And you pour it through three, four times, you're going to have close to a top shelf vodka coming out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can that's we take a much... second? Let me take a second and explain when Tito's became a higher shelf vodka. Yeah. Like, so... First of all, if you're going to name your vodka, don't call it Tito's. Like that's that's, um, that's the worst like branding name I can think of for vodka. You know what I want to hear when I hear vodka? Russian sounding names or things that make me think of the cold. Yeah. So Tito's was one of those vodka companies that started out as a small batch, you know, really tiny, doing it in like, you know, microbrewery, even smaller than microbrewery size. But they've really like they started out in 16 gallon pot stills on on like one little guy's garage basically and now they are exploding so they're on a 26 acre operation doing 80 850,000 cases a year and that's uh, that they, they've grown 46 percent in basically five years yeah they're no, uh, people people would come up to me a lot and go like y'all have tito's vodka no no we don't why not yeah. Because like it's one in every five hundred, but still, <laughs> they're like so. I mean, they're they're they try to pretend that they're small, even though they're they're this huge multinational company, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Mean, meanwhile, back at the topic. Back at the topic, <laughs> we'll close this off. Finally, the spirit will need to be cut since the spirit is distilled at a high proof, usually around one ninety proof or ninety five percent alcohol. 
needs to be cut down to your preferred taste. Most vodkas are cut to 80 proof or 40% alcohol. It needs uh, Vodkas tend to be clear and are not aged in barrels. Naturally, there are exceptions, and you will find a few distilleries abroad who will flavor and age their vodkas. Which resemble, oh my god, that sounds amazing. Which resembles <laughs> more of brandy. And this is not an option in the U.S. I don't uh, care what it's more of. I want it. <laughs> Alright, someone find me where this is at. Probably France. France will probably get, get me hooked up with this. It says brandy. They're right? the alcoholics that came up with that. <laughs> Alright, uh, so that'll that'll do you on how to make it. But I believe we have, as listed in the notes, listicles. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, Do I need to getting that clickbait. Do I need to turn and cough with this? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one you um, want to start with first, but yeah. So not only when you talk about when you talk about what you're putting into what you're mashing, what ingredients you're using to make your vodka. I'm mashing potatoes. You can and use potatoes. And then I eat, eat the leftovers. Yep. You can you can use wheat. You can use corn. You could use anything that can produce starch, which then could produce sugars. And and you can use uh, like rum. You can use a like just straight sugar if you wanted to. Now now but, what I want is a really salty and peppery potato vodka. Just be because good. now it's like yeah, because I like my mashed potatoes loaded down with salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. The most expensive mixed drink I ever had. Um, which was a very simple. It should not have been as expensive as it was, but it was in a Ritz. No, was it Ritz? It was in I think a Ritz Carlton hotel bar that I had the drink and I paid way too much. I think well, it was there's your problem. Exactly, <laughs> uh, like a seventeen dollar martini, and it was yes. made. Yeah, right. No, uh, all right, out out it of the was podcast a, after <laughs> a hurts. long evening of drinking, and you get back to the hotel and you're like, I just want one more drink. Can I get a martini before I go up to the room? And you don't even ask the price at that point. And then you get sticker shock. <laughs> um, so I walk in and on their special menu or whatever, they had a, a special martini. And it's probably one of the better martinis I've ever had, actually. And it was absolute pepper. It better have been. <laughs> right? Absolute pepper mixed like a standard Ooh. martini, just shaken like a dirty martini, actually, um, with a blue cheese, uh, a string of blue cheese olives inside. So it was like blue cheese hot sauce mix type thing. It was really good. No, I don't like blue cheese, but I think with vodka and the olive thing, I may actually try that. Yeah. I could see that at the same time. I'm not big on the olives. That said, Uh making a dirty martini, it it makes it much easier to make because I don't have to feel as bad about what I end up pouring out. (laughs) Because if you're doing a regular martini, like you do like two ounces or so of, of the liquor and you end up with like, it's not quite near the top of the glass and you're like, oh, they're getting, they're, they, they're going to feel like they're getting hosed. You dirty that up. Oh, look, everything looks so much more full. <laughs> you're getting so much liquor. Um, but, but with that, it's, it's a flavored and, and probably an artificially flavored. And for $17, I probably could have bought an entire bottle of absolute pepper, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, but you know, no, no, I'd better that run, run you about, uh, 25 to 35 probably. <laughs> 
Well, for two martinis, I could buy the case of olives as well that they have in the back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, really good drink if you ever want to mix that one up. But anyways, on the on the brewing side of things, a lot of craft brewers are getting into making distilled spirits, which includes vodka because it's the easiest of all the spirits to make. Um, right. There's no aging that you have to do. It, it, as soon as you are ready, you can make – if you have a beer that has too much bitterness or it doesn't match your, um, doesn't match your taste, taste panel correctly – then you can just send it over to the distilling side and they can take that beer and, and turn it into a vodka with no flavors whatsoever in it after they distill it a couple times. Hmm. So here's, here's like the, the eight breweries um, as of uh, last month, the eight big breweries that are also distilling spirits. And number one from uh, Kinston, North Carolina, was Mother Earth Brewing Company. Is that number one or is that number eight? I don't know. What okay, let's going. go eight. I'll, I'll say that's eight. At this hmm. point, well, well, it's a, it's a countdown. We'll do, there's no really, like, there's no list, real listicles typically go in ascending order. So there's no numbers beside of them, but we'll say, we'll say it's number eight. I've never heard of this one, but I love their, like their, um, art, I guess the label I, looks pretty great. I have been staring at this picture for a solid five minutes. I just realized it's a woman's face. Oh yeah, it is. I was looking <laughs> at it for the first while thinking Good it was call. a mustache. Like, yeah, no, I thought it was, like, some weird, like, mustachey, hairy kind of thing. I was like, maybe there's a fish in there somewhere? What am I looking at? And I finally could see the face next thanks to the negative space and all that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I still don't see it, actually. So currently uh, they're bottling a gin and they're trying to tackle whiskey, but not necessarily. They just say it's whiskey. It doesn't say it's bourbon, so... Yeah, well, you know, they need the corn mash amount. And, and they need years. to, uh, yeah, if they're using a, a barley base, 50, 51% barley instead of corn, yeah. um, definitely not there. Oh, and, that's, that's what it is. I always get that backwards. And they need warehouse uh, space in Kentucky, and they need the water. Oh, no, filters. actually, that one's not necessarily a national requirement, but it's a personal requirement. It is. It has to be filtered through Kentucky's natural limestone <laughs> shelf. Or it is not valid as bourbon. <laughs> Some places at least recognize that. Take I mean, that to that. the grave. Look, I I personally agree with you, but... Technically, yes. Note, that's why bourbon was originally all from Kentucky. Because of our fine limestone shelf. Which I found I out in one of our podcasts that we have a fine limestone shelf. <laughs> it is apparently very fine for filtering water. Very fine. <laughs> All right. So what's, right. what's next on this list? So moving on. Next is a whiskey. Uh, well, not a whiskey necessarily, but a uh, brewery that I have actually had. I uh, love their beers from up in Michigan. It's New Holland Brewing Company. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I'm so they excited do. about this one. <laughs> they do all kinds of uh, distilled products. Um, I mean, some of their beer is strong enough to be liquor. It's getting up there, yeah. right? And like they have so many. So there's on the link the links on these article on this article. Oh my gosh, I'm actually drunk. Sorry. Uh, the the links on this particular article take you directly to the spirits um, section, I guess, of these breweries websites, mm. and. Um, the uh, we were kind of going over this a little bit before the show. 
the craziness of how many New Holland and actually another one down on the list has. I just I was like I didn't even know they made these. <laughs> so it was bad enough that like we was like I didn't know that these existed compared to like the number that they have is insane. Plus I really want to try really strictly for the name because New Holland has the uh the Hatter series. Yeah. Um the White Hatter the god good lord there's like a billion um or Yeah, five. Mad Hatters, they're standard and then the White Hatters the I think weeded. White Hatter, um, Black Hatter, Red Hatter. It, yeah, yeah, there's like a series of them. So they have, um, in the spirits, the Hatter Royale, which is a hopped whiskey. Mm. Which I want a Hatter fantastic. Royale with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that's so, so gourmet. <laughs> the one of these that we've actually had, of all these whiskeys that have been, or all these, these distilled spirits that have been made by beer companies the one that we have had is this uh new holland's uh beer barrel bourbon um aged in barrels that used to hold dragon's milk stout what you mean we i don't have you not had this was it just chris and me that had this we had it at his house Uh, yeah uh, that might have been just that was when we drafted so you need to have some of this yeah no you still have that bottle right like you still have some Oh, I've got a half a bottle less still. I have, I don't oh, touch yeah. that unless it's like special occasions. Yeah, no, no, it's exquisite. it's fine. You guys hate me. It's cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one really of the, good though. Um, next up is Ballast Point Brewing Company, which is uh, based out of California, of course. That's what they actually because like they you know they've got like gins and vodkas oh. and rums all from from this place. Yeah. So, um, whiskey. We mentioned the Hatter stuff, but like the whiskey's the one that you guys have had. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, out of New Holland. Yeah, yeah. they definitely yeah. have a vodka, and it was Duchess. Duchess. So, Duchess. Their their gin is called Knickerbocker, and yes. they have a brown gin. Uh, yeah, barrel aged gin. In that picture, and I'm like, I don't normally like gin, but you barrel aged something. <laughs> You're going to make a Kentuckian very interested in it really quick. Well, and, and you know, you you already trust the brand, so you're just like, oh. Dump mm. it in white oak and we're instantly <laughs> I interested. I don't know. Who, who was it that made Pilgrim's Dole? That was them. Yes. That was them. Oh, was it? I semi-trust the brand. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I, I just, All I was, right. this article was so surprising to me because I didn't realize, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, look. Breweries are making spirits. I guess I didn't realize the extent of it. <laughs> it gets like, crazy later on. Like but... looking through this, I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> yep. Um, it all depends on the state that you're in, how the licenses work out. But right. um, if you can get a license that lets you distill and brew in the same facility, then you're golden. Yeah. No, you're. Uh, sorry, I was about to make some very inappropriate. Comparisons about how good you were going to be, and I was like, "No, we don't want that explicit label." <laughs> Fugu. So next up, Fugu. Ballast Point Brewing Company. Yeah, we're uh, the the what what was their vodka that they made there? Fugu. Fugu. That's yeah. the, they have Fugu. a whole line. A Fugu vodka. They got Fugu I... Habanero, Fugu uh, Jamaica, Fugu Pina. Mm. and then regular just straight vodka from Fugu. No, no, you're you're yeah. skipping one. I don't know how to say that. Uh, I know that's why I'm calling <laughs> you out on it because you're skipping it because you don't know how to say it. Horchata, horchata, 
Horchata. Oh, Horchata. Um, it's kind of a, a milky um, South American, maybe just Mexican, but I know it's at least South American drink. Okay, so um, description. Most oh, authentic oh, Mexican, um, Mexican cuisine north of the border. Uh, cachaca. Is that what you're thinking of, Casey? No, 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 not cachaca. It's, it's spelled uh, H-O-R-C-H-A-T-A. I, I, I don't know where you're getting this. So this is... This um, Served up at. It's uh, non-alcoholic usually. Horchata is non-alcoholic. Oh, it's, okay. it's like, yeah. No, I just meant like the article I'm looking at. I was like, it doesn't have that anyway. If you click on the link that has, it just says the name. That actually takes oh. you to the spirits section of the brewery's um, site, I guess. And... Ballast Point has the best. Are you 21 and older? I know. Thing. Just one button. Yes. <laughs> All right. You're like one right along. Here. Um, like we did, we technically did this. Um. So this says it's got spicy habanero peppers, creamy hortata, and oh god, what is that? Ar- aguas frescas with sweet Ooh. Jamaica hibiscus or juicy pineapple. Hibiscus. A world class vodka infused with local flavor. So everything about so this like, pretty uh, much sounds fresh, great. Fresh yeah, water. You guys said pina, so I assumed that one is just pineapple. all about some pineapple. I do oh, yeah. also want to point out. Uh, uh, Point, no, it's a vodka, so you can't make pina coladas out of it. Ballast Point knows the differences in their whiskeys because they have a single malt whiskey. It's called Devil Share. Well, all their whiskeys are. They have Devil Share bourbon whiskey, and then they have Devil Share moonshine whiskey. Mm. White lightning. Also, they're canned liquors. I'm still no. Oh. We talked oh. about that before the show, and yeah, I was no, like, let's... "What is this?" <laughs> They have that in canned like the, the cocktails top. from Ballast Point. So, so when you find this link, because this link's going to be in the show notes, correct? Yeah, it's already it already is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean not not the Ballast Point one, but when you you go into that one, that the article, the eight breweries that are also blah blah, has at the top just pictures of canned liquor. Yeah, it's and so weird. Part of me is like really pumped about that because it's so novel to me. It's so new and. Right. Mm-hmm. Range. I, I I have to try some at some point. Just because, right? Like You can get a can yeah. of rum and coke, essentially. Yeah, so it's th- it's the three sheets um, branding that they have. Um, Ballast Points, uh, I guess they're, it's their rum. Is three no sheets. connection to Zane. Yeah, like right, right. Said, <laughs> else, she said Not... three sheets, and I hear, ba-dum, 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 <laughs> Not Zane Lambert. Um, but three sheets, rum and cola. Like, one thing. And they can. Yeah. All right. And I'm like, yeah, they got, what? They've got, a, they've got a old grove gin and tonic in a can. So yeah, and then they've also got rum and ginger, which actually sounds pretty interesting. I don't even like ginger. Canned Bloody Mary. I can't think of a better way to start the day. Like Ballast no. Point's selection of all this stuff is crazy. Man, the more I learn about Ballast Point, the more I love them, and the more I'm sad that <laughs> everyone at the top just left. Right. <laughs> This is yeah. the worst time to have this this realization about their um, that, their that They were in fact the best. Uh. And here's here's the thing with these canned cocktails that I don't understand. Well, I don't I've, understand how they're thing? getting away with this. <laughs> okay, so I've I've had one cocktail in the past. Casey, you bought it, and it was a cucumber something or other. Maybe a gimlet, maybe a martini. Yeah, cucumber gimlet. One cocktail, you said? 
Yeah, like it was everything in a can because you left it in my in my apartment in my fridge. Oh yes, and I it was I, a, a mojito esque sort of thing. Yeah, it wasn't a mojito esque sort of thing because it was disgusting. <laughs> like I tried it, and was like. I had to pour it out. I usually will never pour anything out, but this was just god awful. So here's that said, it wasn't rum and coke in a can. So right. Um, here's the thing that I I don't understand because when I look at these, I see okay. Usually, if it's hey. Uh, a flavored beverage in a can or something that can be sold like it's beer, it usually has to be made with, as far as I know, you has to be made with a beer product. Like, it has to be a malt liquor that you then flavor. That's how we get Smirnoff ice, and that's how we get the flavored Smirnoff. It's made like a beer, and it's not a distilled product that's come that's that brought back in and mixed in the bottle. It's It's a beer... Like product made with very light flavored malts that's then flavored artificially. Um, um, that's how you get Zima. Yeah, and Zima was made the same way. It's it's a, an artificially flavored beer product. So I don't understand how they're getting a cocktail in a can legally. How they get it through? I would I would love to know if somebody knows. Right. Let me yeah. know. Um, I you know what? All I can think of too is. Uh, when I mentioned Zima, all I can think of now is that that's going to be how I dictate whether someone, uh, how old someone is, is when I say Zima, and they go, "What?" <laughs> yeah, because you don't hear it anymore it was, at all. They don't around it. anymore. No, it was only around in the nineties. Yeah, they haven't okay. made it since like ninety nine or whatever. Crystal Pepsi will be available. This no, year. <laughs> okay, no, none of that. Let's move on to the next item on the list. <laughs> our, one of our other favorite breweries. Dogfish Head Craft Brewery in Delaware. They have a, uh, a, a distilling business. company as well. They do uh, a gin, um, um, and they actually add hops to it. I'm going to share yeah. this link. So, unfortunately, so they, the okay. link that – so the article's link to the spirits part of the brewery's website on this one is broken for whatever reason. Mm. Um, so I just shared with you guys a link, and I'll put it on the show notes as well. well um, they only uh, have three. They have a vodka and two different kinds of gin. See, yeah, the story mentions they only make two kinds of gin and one vodka. Yeah, The article it. does mention that. It just doesn't tell you what it is, because they're mm. apparently pinecone-loving... Sure. ...something. I don't know. But they, they it, this article is a lot of gin. Okay. Two of the two of the things have been gin. I'm just I don't like it, and every time I see it, I'm like, get this out of my face. It's so um, funny. Um, so if anybody, this is okay. Digression. Uh, oh, we haven't digressed enough. Right. No. No. Not enough. Uh, so I just listened to the new. It's not new at all. Uh, a uh, newer episode of the Stuff You Should Know podcast, and stuff it was about. You should know. Yeah. It was about lighthouses yet they had a huge digression into gin and like like you know right i was like okay so i don't feel so bad now um but they they had this whole big discussion about it and everything so if you're into gin i would highly recommend that episode about lighthouses nothing to do with gin (laughs) nothing to to do at all with gin but it's wonderful to hear them talk about it i'm like i kind of want to try some gin now i guess so anyway 
Brittany, how so, much do you how much do you want to take like some like pine soul and spray it on your tongue? I've had okay, well, you know what what got me motivated is when we tried Mad Tree's um, juniper uh, not the beer. same thing. It's not, but Jenna's super heavy juniper. I mean, obviously, Sa- Sati and Sati and Jen, while sharing similar characteristics. Yeah, not not even quite. I've had part. gin, but literally the only time I've had it in my life was mixed with a, a lemon lime soda of some kind. Like I don't even know. I'm assuming it was mixed with like Sierra Mist or Sprite or something. That's I don't even remember. Like it with. it, my only time having it was my 21st birthday in college, in our suite, and I was like. Uh, Which was sure. just before that bust I mentioned earlier. It was like the day before. Like, calm down. And then um, I I don't even rem- like I remember the taste vaguely because again, twenty first birthday. <laughs> it was a while right. ago, so I didn't hate it. But I was like, this is weird because it just kind of tastes like lemon lime soda. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird taste. All right. So, All what, right. is, what does Anchor Brewing have? So let's get. We've got. We're we're getting a little long here. So I was. Uh, we expected bust this. Right through these last two. People. Anchor Brewing, Christmas Spirit, Brittany. Hmm? The, the Christmas the Spirit. Oh yeah. Those are seasonal. That looked wonderful. Um, I don't know. Did they have a vodka though? I didn't. Uh, I didn't jump through their website, so I don't know. Well, the Christmas Spirit. Oh no. Okay. The thing about Anchor was though that they have. So many, any and everything spirits. you want. <laughs> like, Anchor is apparently all about getting you riggedy, riggedy wrecked, son. Basically, they have so they have absinthe. They have five. They have different absinthe. Cognac. They have bitters. They have gin. They have liqueurs. They have uh, rum, tequila, vermouth. Like it's insane. Like no, it needs to be stated. They don't have just single offering of these. Most of them, they have five or more offerings of these. It's, it's cr- so they actually have two different vodkas. They have the Hophead vodka and Kerosene's Gold vodka. Hmm. They have ten different whiskeys. Yeah, <laughs> but so so notably, just because of the name, because we've talked about on the show before the Anchor um, Christmas Ale, which is a, a, a slightly different recipe every year but they try to say it the same as most as much as they can um but so they took they kind of took that idea in the spirits direction and they have anchor christmas spirit which is i mean you kind of have to give it to them on the name but yeah um i really want to try this i have never seen this before though so i don't know how likely that's going to be and it sounds it sounds great but i mean it's as you, I think, as mentioned earlier, Casey, it's it's pretty much Everclear. Like at, yeah. at no point does it mention what this spirit is. It's just like <laughs> it's a white clear spirit. Deal with it, essentially. Yeah. Low ABV Everclear. Yeah. All right. Now, move, moving on real oh, quick because me, I just. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, let me bust on through these because we're both. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, yeah, yeah, yeah. the next thing is 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 Rogue, and they're all about like oh, the, yeah. the, the article talks about their their whiskey, whatever, yeah. and they've got like their 
they say try their their voodoo maple bacon vodka. So that's yes. a vodka for sure that I want to get into a flavored vodka. But, at least. I'm not saying but, when we go west, we're <laughs> going to be scoring as much of this as we can. No, yeah, okay, we're rum so, runners. That's a thing that's going to happen. Yeah, no, you're Smokey and the Bandit. Um, it's up to you so, all to decide who's who. Uh, well, Smokey was the guy. Anyway, um, <laughs> Rogue has their their cocktail thing as well, and they're their single malt vodka sour they have here. It's a ounce and a half of the Oregon simple uh, Oregon single malt vodka, one ounce of lemon syrup, an ounce of simple syrup. Uh, sorry. One ounce of lemon juice, one ounce of simple syrup, and a half ounce of red wine. I'm looking at this thing going, mm. I drink all kinds of that. <laughs> you drink yeah, that milkshake? Their, their recipes were pretty great for the drinks. Yeah. But no, I just wanted to get that little recipe out of the way because I'm looking at that thing going like, <laughs> now that, that's a drink. Rogue has a pretty good selection, it looks like. Um, I Yeah, the, the everybody has seen, I, I, I would assume... Um, the voodoo donut uh, ales that they have. I was trying to remember like what kind it was. I think it is an yeah. ale. Um, yeah, they transition right? between the different styles. Yeah, so they have a couple, I believe, of voodoo donut ales. So it appears also that they have a voodoo donut vodka, which mm-hmm. is the make it. Oh my god, I'm drunk. The bacon maple vodka. The naked bacon. <laughs> I mean, you go either way. Name. It's fine. It's nitrate free bacon. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, the bacon maple vodka. And uh, also, the label looks kind of awesome. Um, Their suggested cocktail with this spirit is the deja voodoo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, that looks great, and I really want to grab a bottle of that when we're out there. For sure. Voodoo oh bacon. Gosh, you all good. some cash to pick me one up as well, because I want that. Voodoo <laughs> bacon maple vodka with coffee liqueur, pure maple syrup, milk, or cream. That sounds mm. great. <laughs> sounds sounds pretty good. That's right. Up that's, my that's a bit of the hair of the dog right there. And yeah. this, is, this is the beauty of vodka. You can mix it with all of this stuff, and it is Wonderful, I'm sure. Yeah. There's no, I mean, it, it nothing takes about the flavors like really well. Yeah. So, what's oh. next on this list? Uh, just running through these twisted manzanita, which uh, I think manzana is apple, so that may be little apple, twisted little apple, yeah. elves and spirits. They, okay. Yeah, they make. It doesn't say on the list, but they make a uh, uh, a orange vodka made with fresh oranges. Oh. Nice. And then uh, last on the list is the Depot Craft Brewery and Distillery. So, after running through those, a big list that I did want to get to, um, not really a list actually, but the awards from the World Spirits Competition, which uh, pretty high honors. I did want to go through the flavor vodkas and the standard vodkas, the top awards. And it's kind of funny that we keep seeing pineapple because – New Amsterdam Pineapple Vodka, a fairly inexpensive vodka at that, hmm. took the Platinum Award. Ciroc Pineapple Vodka took the Gold Award. Um, and then with uh, along with the, sort of the same yellow flavors, the Deep Eddy Lemon Vodka. Oh, well, pineapple's yellow and lemons are yellow. I know. Um, like I, I hear just yellow and I'm like, nope. Not okay. <laughs> Not like my journalism. 
uh, Deep Eddie Lemon Vodka and uh, with the Silver Award, and then Bronze was Ozone Blood Orange Vodka. But I guess the as far as vodkas go, um, it's the what you what you put out there is the the standard the the very basic vodka is really where everybody looks because you can add flavors to whatever, but the basic right. vodka shows your skill. Um, so the best of show was the platinum. Uh, level vodka with uh, spiritual vodka from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Then gold was Bever- Beverin vodka from the U.S. And then silver, which is the vodka that I normally purchase, Russian Standard. It got the silver silver award. Uh, mm-hmm. Russian Standard gold. And then Mainstay 54 got the bronze award for that one. That makes now, that all makes sense to me for some reason. I'm we're like, number sure, two. Yeah. We're number two. <laughs> two. I would trust a Russian vodka above anything yeah. else. I think. Dirty uh, uh, not necessarily to go through the entire list, but something we can include if you want to go through the list. So vodka, a really weird thing about it is it's supposed to be neutral. It's supposed to be flavorless. It's supposed to be tasteless. It's supposed to have nothing extra in it except for just basically the flavor of ethanol and a little bit of water added in there. So what? is really confusing is why vodkas end up being very expensive, but it has a lot to do with how vodkas um, want to portray themselves. If you, if you make the most expensive vodka in the world, then you get to be put on a list like this one of the 10 most expensive vodkas in the world. Let's just go for like the top few. Um, Coming in at the bottom of this tin list was the, a magnum-sized Grey Goose vodka, but you get it in like this neat little bird cage. Comes in at eight hundred fifteen bucks. That's expensive for a magnum size. Like normally, it's one hundred sixty bucks for a bottle of vodka from Grey Goose, like that size. Well, I mean, uh, you're you're also paying for the cage. That's exactly what it is because the the vodka doesn't change. You're paying for the fact that you've got this nice, pretty cage. That oh, I paid nearly a thousand dollars for this thing that's you know it's a maybe, show-off piece maybe it twists off because i'm looking at this thing going i don't know how you open this <laughs> um another one that you can get at some bars by the shot in las vegas is stoli elite it speaking of uh three sheets it did appear on one of zane lamprey's shows and i don't know which one it was it's either three sheets or drinking made easy yeah it was in the u.s so whichever one that was uh, i think it was drinking made easy um, three thousand dollars a bottle, and uh, it, it's by Stoli Stoli Schneia. Um, so it's a pretty expensive bottle of uh, vodka for something that is supposed to be exactly like all the others. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to go with the highest, the most expensive on this list, which is called Billionaire Vodka, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> in the article, it actually says it's BS. Uh, wheat-based spirit filtered through diamonds to remove the impurities, right? So, this is the one we talked about earlier in the episode. Yeah, right? how are you filtering through diamonds? It's going to cascade off. It's not really going to filter. Yeah, five-liter size bottle adorned on the outside with 3,000 diamonds and faux fur. Because I really want fur on the outside of my liquor bottles. Winter is coming. You know, <sighs> if, it's, uh, if it's reindeer fur. <laughs> it's, um... Yeah, maybe it's so you can get that that taste of the old unfiltered style of vodka. So yeah, could be, but uh, price range not anywhere near. While well, I'll make it an entire lifetime, most likely three point seven million dollars for a Ooh. bottle of vodka. Bleh. 
just because of what uh, what's on the outside of the bottle it has nothing to do with what's on the inside. Well, what's on the outside and how they filter it. It costs uh, oh, it yes, costs it, diamonds to put that in there. Right, <laughs> like you can't just rent those or something like that. Um, I mean, I'm knowing what little I know about the the, the diamond trade. Probably true. not. Yeah, you, you you buy them for life. But I thought that was a little interesting um, to to kind of look at the most expensive vodkas because vodka is supposed to be the same, tasteless, um, you know, that sort of thing. One thing that we don't have on the show notes, but I did want to go into was flavored vodkas and uh, what you can do at home. So if you want to make a really good flavored vodka, don't go to the store, or if you want a really good flavored vodka, don't go to the store and purchase a vodka that is lemon flavored. Don't go to the store and purchase a vodka that is uh, vanilla flavored because those are made with artificial flavorings or natural flavorings, but it's still a flavoring component. It's really simple to make vodka at home that is flavored like how you want it. Um, If you want vanilla flavored vodka, go buy a couple vanilla beans and throw them into a fairly inexpensive bottle of vodka. And then you have a vanilla vodka after two weeks, you'll have a really good vanilla vodka um, that you can use in recipes or you can use for mixed drinks, um, whatever you want to do. If you wanted to go with a lemon vodka, take the outside of a lemon and and, uh, use a zester or use some sort of, of peeler and take off just the outside, not the white part, but the outside of some citrus fruit. Throw that into your bottle of vodka. It'll extract the flavors. Makes a really good flavored vodka that way. There you go. All right, then. All right. Well, I think that does it for this this long topic. <laughs> yeah. It was a much more, it was a much, um, like, more content-rich episode than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I was afraid it wouldn't be super super long because we're not the biggest vodka drinking crowd. No, but it, there was a lot of um, a lot of history, a lot of content that I didn't expect, but it worked out. Far, le- far less stuff of me trying to read from the Cyrillic alphabet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, does anybody have anything else to add about the topic? No, but um, I think we should go back and redo the uh, wheat beer episode. Just to put Bob back through that. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> it wasn't the worst. Let's drag you through the like coals the, no, again. No, that's the worst idea. Like that's, It, it wasn't the that. worst, but I mean, there is, like, I, I don't own a gun, so I can't, you know, <laughs> blow my own brains out. <laughs> right. In, I mean, obviously. Um, all right. You only need to rent the gun. Well, if we're good on the topic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, we can uh, go. Maybe right. you'll let me go to the shooting range. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's, so, uh, if that's it for the topic, then we can go right into the feedback. Yes. Right. We got one. Okay. So we got some feedback from Brian from Denver. Um, it was a. It was a rather. I just p- kind of picked a snippet out of the email that he sent us. It was mostly about um, our trip to the West Coast. So, um, but specifically regarding our wheat beer episode, he said it was, uh, a, neat, it was a neat email. Like especially when you got to this part, I was like, oh, good. Something yeah, yeah. To me. <laughs> You're like anyway. Uh, <laughs> 
So um, he said, you mentioned that the syrup with Berliner Weiss sounded odd. The first time I had it was, it was in a German restaurant, and they offered it with or without syrup. Uh, said with, and it was amazing, the raspberry flavor that they added. So um, if you've had a Lambic, it's bas- it basically tastes like that. Also, no, since that I'm not sense. a fan, yeah, I'm not a fan of very dry sours, like Berliner Weiss or Gosa or, the, how do you say that, Goose? I'm going to yes. go with Goose. Um, the flavoring kind of worked for him, he said. Um, okay. Which sounds, I, I, I want to try it. Like it, I, I'm completely open to trying it, but um, I don't think I've really had the option to. So Yeah, there's never been somewhere that's like, hey, I got this syrup for your your wheat beer right yeah, even yeah. uh the hoffer house doesn't offer a syrup for yeah. huff bro offer a berliner vice yes do they hmm see i don't i wouldn't i, I didn't every time so. i go there i get the dunkel right like, so it's you're a just seasonal. Kind of blind, like you're like anyway it's the seasonal um yeah, oh okay. yeah because they they hoffer house changes their beers monthly so mm-hmm. it's it yeah, is it's, likely that so it's that's not a same. seasonal it's a monthly uh, every yeah. month so it's a Man, I need to live closer to the Hofbrauhaus. <laughs> right. Right. Um, with a Berliner Weiss, it is technically a sour, but you could make it in the kettle so you don't actually have bacteria floating around your brewery. So that wouldn't surprise me if that was the only sour they did was the Berliner Weiss. Right. And, and you know, the, that one definitely has the German German roots. Um <laughs> Uh, he also mentioned, so um, the bulk of the email was in uh, suggestions for the Denver trip. And so he mentioned to us that some great breweries around Denver to check out. And he said um, Epic, Breckenridge, Dry Dock, and Avery. And I kind of forgot that Avery was in the Denver area for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but we actually do plan on going to, um, we, pl- we plan on going to Great Divide. I know that, and he had mentioned that in the email too. Um, but were we going to go to Epic? Epic is on the list. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's really close to Great Divide. I think downtown. We're going to be staying downtown, yeah. so we're very limited. Avery is just outside of town and going to be just out of our range. Sadly, I don't think we looked up the Dry Dock one though. No, we haven't looked up Dry Dock yet. But Breckenridge is also just out of our range. They do have which is unfortunate. Uh, I do remember, I think uh, they have a tap room or something right downtown that maybe... Because, I mean, how out. great would it be to get some, some MVP, like, practically straight from the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what, when, since it, the whole trip for us is a, uh, is a road trip, um, once we get into the major cities that we're going to, we're going to try not to have to drive around all over the place because we only have one day, really, to do much of anything in these places. So um, for Denver, even though we're going to be in Denver twice, um, we also have that new Belgium tour already scheduled. So we're kind of limited to range um, because really we're kind of killing ourselves <laughs> with, with the driving. So um, we're kind of, we're, and we're going to be around the, uh, the 16th street mall um, area in Denver so uh, as far as where we're staying, so the some of these places are just kind of just outside the reach of where we where it was practical to stay. Okay, but yeah, but he did offer um, the the email was full of of really good suggestions, some of which we already 
looked into, some of which we definitely try to go to, and some of which we hadn't even heard of. So we've kind of looked it up and tried to add to the list if we could. Nice. So um, we definitely appreciate the feedback from uh, Brian from Denver. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, uh, I got to read most of the email. The the uh, syrup thing was the only thing that, that applied to me. because. Oh, yeah, Casey had noted people, that. Because people are going to leave me all alone here in Kentucky. <laughs> about- we, we will hang out you. Okay. Yes, we're going to definitely make sure we get a hold of everybody as much as we can. Um, I mean, crap. This is like one of our last big vacations. So I know, I know. It's just what I was like, I'm going to vacation. No, no, no. I'm going to insistently say it is not a vacation. This is a trip. This is, it's a, Yeah, there, there, there's not going to be much of a vacation when if most of the sleeping is going to occur. If when... you're on vacation... You get to sleep past sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be up before sunrise yeah. all, every day for two weeks. All road oh. trip all the time. Never mind. I don't want any part of this. It's I only mean, it's a vacation from work, but like it's yeah. not it's not a re- a lounging kind of relaxing situation. To be fair, it is sleeping in for me, considering I'm usually up by two in the morning for work. Right. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, so, but it, it's a, it's the last big vacation we have before babies, and then we'll have. We still have Nerdtacular, at least, that we'll all be going to. So that's something to look forward to. What's the name of this syrup? Oh, Woodruff. Yeah. It's a uh, an herbally type green syrup that's usually flavored with the Berliner Weiss. So between that and what uh, Brian had, which was the raspberry syrup, those are the two most common syrups for the Berliner Weiss. It hmm. was a raspberry Berliner You're just waiting, were you? <laughs> you knew it was coming. That meant it's time to transition into the next bit. Drink with me, friend. And indeed we, we have. Go. No, I'm already very drunk. Because of your second one. Because I, of the second one, which is my new favorite beer. It hit me like a truck, I will we, say that. Oh my god. We're going to have a joke about this and a callback, but I'm going to let you guys talk about what you're having first. Wait, why? Why is it a joke? No, just talk about what you're having, and it'll make sense in time. Uh, okay. No, 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 there's nothing. Just go. Okay. Well, Wade, go ahead. What was the first thing okay, no, you had? Yeah, okay. So to be fair, we so we have actually we both had two things because we had to share. The, the second one was a bomber. So the first one I had was um this is actually i think the first beer i've ever had from them um this is a very disturbing label by the way um it's from off color brewing and the beer is called apex predator all right yeah i know uh it's a farmhouse ale so or a, a saison type of saison really saison. and it's a six and a half percent abv for some reason, it's got the gravity on here, which is interesting. It's 14p, and then 25 IBUs. Um, that doesn't sound like the right measurement for gravity. I feel like it needs to be a Newton's. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, it's got a lot of details on here that is never like on any other beer label ever. That's what I like about their labels. Yeah. Um, so it's got a lion on it, and the lion is holding up like an X-ray. <laughs> Of his body, and there's like a little mouse in his stomach or because something. Because color so, uses a mouse for all their labeling. There's a so mouse he doing took, something. He took, he took the thorn out of the lion's paw, and he just went, no, nah, screw you, I'm eating you. I guess. But um, 
I, I, uh, it's odd because I don't really like tart beers very much. I'm not a fan of sours generally. Um, and a Saison typically is sour, but for some reason the farmhouse ales specifically don't really have, they're a different taste to me altogether. I actually really liked this one, but it was bothering me because it, it, and I still can't pinpoint the taste. It tasted like something very specific that I could not figure out what that was. <laughs> it was driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm still not pinpointed it. But it's um, it was really good. I would recommend it. Um, first thing I've had from them, I believe. And big fan. Um, I my, my favorite farmhouse ale, though, is still from Oma Gang. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, I think it's... I'm sure it Can't has a... Huh? Is it Hennepin? Yes, yes. I was going to say, I'm sure it has a name to it. Um, but yeah, the, it's just their farmhouse ale, and I think that's my favorite one. But so, hmm? Well, I was going to say, is it just me, and this is more directed toward Casey, um, Saisons are not that far on the sour end of the spectrum, are they? No, they're not. Traditionally, yeah. uh, and this may be an, an episode all to itself about farmhouse ales, but Saisons yeah, were, were brewed. The, it's the, I don't think it's French, it's probably uh, Belgian name saison means season and right. so um the lore of it is that the farmhouse would brew beer in the winter bury it in the garden or, or where they were working on the farm and then the next year whenever the farmhands were working the ground they would dig up the beer drink the beer and so it's a little bit bacteria laden, but okay. it's more funky bacteria rather than sour. Right. Okay. And I think that's probably why I prefer. It's still, I feel like it's still in the general like sour category, but I think that's why I prefer the farmhouse ale to some of the other sour styles. It's fine. I'm just trying to give it context for like how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you do not like sours typically at all. But I like farmhouse ales, yeah. Right, and I'm usually all for a sour when I get a chance. Yeah, but I I think you would probably like. I mean, I don't know if I'm not saying I won't like this one. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're usually pretty open to stuff. I would I would recommend the Oma Gang one, but this one is uh, it's really good. It definitely tastes very different from the Oma Gang, but um, and again, there's there's a weird distinct flavor to it, and I just cannot pinpoint what it tastes like. Anyway, so that what was, was the, f- the rate beer on that one. Oh, um, actually, it was really high too. The rate beer score on that one was ninety-five. Um, I don't think that's too far off. Actually, uh, it was really good. I would, I would definitely drink it again. But what, what is it that seems to have riggedy wrecked you? No, yeah. So I'm definitely drunk. Um, so <laughs> uh, this is. I'm going to put this on my new favorite beer list. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the one we had to split because it's, um, you know, one of the bigger bottles. And I only could bring myself to buy two bottles, and one will be cellared. There's another bottle. One's, one's aging for the next ninety years. I know. God. Guess. Go ahead and Can guess. Guess where the other bottle is. Go ahead. Come on. Guess. Is it? Is it in the cellar? Is I'm it gonna, in the closet. You know, on the show account, I think I'm just going to Instagram the, the picture of this freaking closet. Um, 
We need to have a closet tab on the... I know. You can't see the uh, cases of beer laying in the floor, it's though, so because I've now insane. discovered a place where they're like, oh, yeah, $13 a case, and then it's, like, not bad beer, and it's beer that's not past its date, and we it's beer that can problem. be cellared, so it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Okay, so anyway, so we're both drinking this one, and I'll, I'll let him get into the, his, like, his first one or whatever, but... Um, no, this is amazing. This is definitely amazing. It is a collaboration beer that I've always wanted to try from Stone and Will Wheaton. <laughs> it was not specifically Will Wheaton. It also has uh, Drew Curtis and Greg Cook. Yeah, so, so Wootstock. It is Wootstout, yes. Wootstout, that is, sorry. Farking, Stone, Farking, Wheaton, Wootstout. It is a Star Wars themed uh, label. It is absolutely <laughs> wonderful. There's there's a lot confusing about this. Yeah, uh, it's thirteen percent ABV. Um, this it, is a pint. This whole this bottle here, um, ale brewed with pecans, wheat, and rye, with one quarter aged in bourbon barrels. It is delicious. It is wonderful. <laughs> I've got for a those... friend that's had like some Woot Stout aging, and we've been waiting for the chance to break it open. And I just like stop waiting, get it now. Now, there's no, there's no better opportunity. The thing with the Woot Stouts is that this they definitely change every time yeah, they're made. It's different yeah. every year. This is the 2016. Um, and not on, on the bottle, interestingly enough, it actually says drink fresh or age at cellar temperature. And it's got a little temperature uh, rating, 55 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Um, contains pecans and wheat, uh, if, in case you have allergies or whatever. Who would have thought? Um, contain wheaton. Oh. It does contain wheaton. Um, so there's this like massive description and whatnot. I actually, okay... So, female, weird taste buds. The description is actually weird in the theme taste. of a Star Wars crawl, opening credits crawl. Yeah. So, but no, I want to know what your first impressions were because I got a really weird taste. But, like, a good, but weird. Because chick, I guess. I don't even know. Um, or because me. For a bourbon barrel stout, it it does have an odd quality in the first few drinks. But then the booze, it is very boozy. Uh, the booziness will take you over after the first few sips, yeah, and right. then you kind of lose all the stout, malty flavors, and but then the booze takes it. Was there any kind of taste that came to you initially? A flavor, let's say. Nothing incredibly off. Hmm. Okay. What are yeah. what did you taste? <sighs> Can it be said? So I got. <laughs> Is it PG thirteen? No, it, it's just he weird. tasted the cock. <laughs> it's it's not it's not it's not By like cock, a, that I kind mean, of rooster, obviously direction. It's just it's odd. Did you taste happiness? Tastes like chicken. Tastes like chicken. It tastes like happiness. I got <laughs> hair penis. A um and the the pecans makes make more sense now to the flavor because I was like this is like a I, I, that's I what first... I attributed the off flavor to is because. The pecans, and I right. can't recall having had a stout right. brewed with pecans, pecans before. And anything. 
Um, I mean, I want to have a stout brew with pecans. Yeah. Some ways, put it in a cellar where I can't get to it. <laughs> yeah. Till Oktoberfest. Um, so I no, thought... probably not until like three Thanksgivings from now. God, let's not even. Um, my first reaction: hazelnut flavored Swedish fish. Let's all take a second. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to properly respond to that. Hazelnut, yeah. Thing. I can see that. I can see getting that out of it. There's a definite nutty quality yeah. that's no, coming no, across No, we're going to go beer. with go home, you're drunk. <laughs> but no, yes. the Swedish fish thing, go home, you're drunk. You're go, not wrong, sir. Go in the other room, you're drunk. Go to bed. <laughs> you're done. Every eat time. Some, eat some cinnamon graham crackers and go in there. <laughs> Every time I take a drink, I swear to God, I get a back note of Swedish fish. Wow. I have no idea why. I can... Uh-huh. Okay, I'm not getting it at all when I have it, but I can see, like, you being able to pull a licorice out of... And maybe it's the licorice thing. But it's not like a black licorice, it's like a good licorice. So... Maybe, <laughs> maybe she's already black pregnant. Is bad. Just... Maybe she's already pregnant and it's screwing with her taste buds. Well, it's not. She might yeah. be. Don't say that. That's not funny. Because um, <laughs> she is drunk right now, after all. Yeah, no, that's it's true. true. No, uh, no, but, okay, weird taste buds aside, I, God, if you could find this, seriously, get it. Get maybe three of them. You know, I'm just, <laughs> let's just be safe about this. Uh, go ahead and grab it and, and age one, drink the one now whatever you want to do but it's delicious it's one of um my favorite beers i think i'm just gonna put that on the list all right it'll nice. get you drunk you heard uh, it here yeah Casey, you want to go do you want me to go uh whichever or, no chris, chris you still have stuff to talk no about. no you go okay um Brittany, the the joke before was that you're like oh i'm 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 so drunk I've been drinking straight vodka this entire episode. So you guys are actually themed to the episode. I so. am like three and a half drinks in. Um, I have been drinking some vodka that has been staying in my apartment for a very long time. I've lost track of when I bought this, uh, but I bought, uh, I've got Gray's, uh, Gray's Peak Small Batch Vodka. Uh, it is actually... Among the vodkas I've I've had, one of the better ones. It's got, I mean, it's fairly clean, but it it does have a nice Christmas. It's it's you know I guess, I guess assumingly charcoal, the mm-hmm. right sort of you know crisp flavor to it. Um, it is I would say best served on the rocks or chilled. Uh, I mean, theoretically, what I've had the entire show is a very dry martini uh, on the rocks. How dry? Uh, I don't own vermouth. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's on the lower side, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I like that response. How dry? I don't even own vermouth. (laughs) That wasn't the thing where it was. What is it that you like? Look you at the picture the, of the, the guy. You get the picture of the man yeah. who invented invented vermouth and stir it while you look at a picture of him. I didn't quite go that far, uh, but but no, it's it's been enjoyable. But if you're wondering why by the end of the episode, like we're rambling and I'm just just not helping at all and try, I'm drunk. Oh yeah, uh, I'm. 
I'm far gone, guys, and it's been it's been a ride. <laughs> Why we're long? Right there with you. <laughs> Ground control to major Tom. Oh, Chris, what are you doing? Okay, what are you on tonight? Everyone already knows what my chaser was the uh, <laughs> the woot stout. The woot stout, which there's no creeping up on you. It doesn't hit you on the tongue, but yeah, oh, it God, it yeah. just it just jumps up and hits you in the face. It's like, nah, you're suddenly, drunk. It's... Suddenly drunk. <laughs> uh, no, I started off with oh, a a wild a wild woot stout appeared. It uses get your riggedy wrecked. It's super effective. <laughs> it is super effective. I'm not wrong at all. I started with Lake Erie Monster from Great Lakes Brewing Company. Mainly because of the label. It's amazing because it's got a big like hydro creature coming out of Lake Erie. I'm always kind. Of, I'm always a, a general fan of Great Lakes Brewing. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. never had a bad thing from them, and their Blackout Stout, one of the best non-variant stouts you can have. Just if you want a great stout, bam, right there. But uh, this is an Imperial Indian India Pale Ale. At nine point one percent, so I I chased a nine point one with a thirteen. You started off worse <laughs> than I did. Uh, IBUs coming in at eighty, and the rate beer on it was ninety seven, and it's very well deserved. I said ninety seven, so beer good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really it's good. not bad. No, 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 no. 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 The uh, yeah it. Deserves the 97. It's really, really good. And I can't praise it enough. The Woot Stout is... I'm afraid that can will become, in the following years, just a catchy yearly release. Considering Will Wheaton's, you know, like, nerd culture hype that he has about him. Mm-hmm. But the beer is good, to be fair. But, <laughs> I mean, yes, right now, I didn't job. have it. I haven't had past iterations. It's the first time I've had it. Delicious. Amazing. And if they keep... They need to keep changing it. It doesn't need to be the same beer every year. Right. But we're to- And we're totally keeping this bottle. Well, Will Wheaton's a, a, a on-record home brewer, so I can Oh, yeah. Imagine. He has a series of uh, videos on YouTube. You He's can actually, look like, up. a big deal with the beer stuff, actually. He does it with Stone. He's kind like, of he a just, big deal. Kind yeah, of kind a big of. deal. <laughs> but them in his backyard, like, the guys from Stone come over to his house. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. Just, that yeah, was a really good video. video. They have a whole really video series of them just brewing in his backyard, and the dogs are, like, coming up and sticking their noses <laughs> yeah. in the batch. Oh. It's It's really great. All right. But no, Casey. if you can score a bottle, yeah. go for it. I mean, and, and we've we've left out. So I think pecans came from stone. What were the three things that were in it? In the the boot stout, in it was pecans, stout? bourbon barrel aged, and wheat, 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 no, wheat, so wheat and rye. Actually, the, so the wheat was wheaten. Stone through came in with the pecans because he the uh, I think it's Greg Cook. I think it's Cook. Yeah. Um, he really liked pecans and what, but the, and, and I think this is worth mentioning because of where we're from. Um, the bourbon barrel age comes from the farking part of it where uh, our failed uh, gubernator, no, was it Senator? Senator uh, No, he was running for governor. Gubernatorial. Was it gubernatorial candidate? Yeah. The um, founder of fark.com. Oh, yeah. Uh, Drew Curtis. 
Drew yeah. Curtis is a Kentuckian from Lexington, Kentucky. So probably within, I don't know, probably within a 30-minute drive of you is where he's living right now, Bob. I'm like two degrees of separation from him. Yeah, he, right. it actually says on the, on the bottle, like, um, he is the reason the pecans were added. Okay, and so there we go. And the, aging the bourbon in the, in the bourbon barrels as well. Perfect. So so actually the bourbon barrels and the pecans. I knew it was one of the guys that they really like pecans. Um, I thought it was uh, Greg, but uh, I guess it was uh, over on the uh, Drew Curtis side. But, yeah, so I, worth a mention to, to say that a Kentucky guy along with that, um, the founder of FARC. We need another initial in our state's abbreviation because I can't, you know, do the the USA chant with just K and Y. <laughs> uh, you can if you add the university in front of that. U- no, K-Y. you can just do Northern <laughs> Kentucky in K Y in K Y. And I feel like hot beverages and jury facts will be the only people chanting with us. Wow. <laughs> so along with uh, Bob or Justin. Um, I am also not on beer tonight. I'm on vodka. Uh, I decided to make some mixed drinks. So early in the night, I started out with the Moscow Mule, uh, two ounces of vodka with a uh, half of a lime, uh, muddled that together. And then on top of that, uh, I think it was Crooked Tree uh, ginger beer. Hmm. And uh, really good, uh, really good combination. With that, White Russian, uh, an ounce of Kahlua, two ounces of vodka, and whatever it, yeah, whatever it took with the heavy cream to uh, to cover the top. That's a that's a heavy White Russian. By yeah. The way. Oh, uh, also, instead of milk, using cream. No, I mean like your pores. Oh yeah, well, I mean also you can <laughs> hear it right now. I am. Also, the dude abides. Uh, the dude abides. <laughs> Speaking of which, I was waiting um, for that. Really, cruising Reddit earlier, Jeff Bridges wants to see two sequels to The Big Lebowski. Oh, really? Shoot high, maybe has no discernible point. There's no. Never mind. <laughs> uh, last drink of the night: uh, dry vodka martini with um, a good long count of vodka over ice shaken. And then poured in, no, uh, <laughs> no, no stirring, no stirring. You, Definitely shaken with vodka. You went with a, you went with a, a, a James Bond martini then. Yes, mm. definitely, uh, and no vermouth at all. Did you at least uh, look at the picture? No, 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 didn't even do that. <laughs> very, very dry martini. Uh, vodka of choice tonight was platinum, seven times distilled um, wow. vodka. Uh, so I mean, if, if I mean, if that's a thing, this one was five times distilled the Gray's Peak that I had. Yep. had. It's a cheap vodka, a fairly cheap vodka because it is. that's me, why I have it. No, 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 my, the platinum. <laughs> oh, I'm not yours, mine. No, no, he's <laughs> either he's, way. He's throwing some mud there, talking some serious. Yeah, crap. yeah, yeah. Throwing yours out there. No, my the platinum's a fairly inexpensive uh, vodka. It's a cheap vodka, but at the same time, I don't pay for expensive vodka because there's no discernible difference in flavor, especially when mixed. Because he owns you're just a Brita. mixing it. Why pay for a heavier? Exactly. Why pay for a more expensive yeah, version. He owns a Brita and? pitcher. He can just tune it up. <laughs> Along with that, platinum vodka, which is I think nationally available, is produced by the same company that does Buffalo Trace bourbon. 
Oh, huh? what up? So, it is to be go. said, uh, they do their, uh, not brewmaster, what would you call him? Wheatley? Huh? At, uh, Buffalo Trace. Head oh, distiller? Uh, head, dis- distiller. Ma- head master distiller. Master, master distiller. Master. Yes, uh, he did start his own label of vodka out of Buffalo Trace called Wheatley Vodka. Oh, yeah. oh runs distilling town? <laughs> Wheatley runs it. Oh, okay. At least for us. <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. So, under the uh, the scores for that one, um, 40% ABV, IBUs is zero, and rate beer score is the infinity symbol. <laughs> so I was going to ask so, you about I was going to be like, so that rate beer score. <laughs> you divide by zero. It works out. <laughs> you divide um, by zero and the world are ends. You, are you sure there's no hops in this vodka? <laughs> Pretty sure on this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right. it was the rickety well, wrecked episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, I came off a very long day of work, so... Yeah, no, there's no justifying it. I'm just an alcoholic. Uh, oh yeah. Any anything else going on? Um, I think we'll just reiterate uh, for those of you West Coast, uh, especially in especially in the Denver area. Uh, me and Brittany will be in Denver, and we will be doing a tour at New Belgium September 9th at 3 p.m. is when we are scheduled. We will hopefully be there early having a few drinks and hanging out. If you would like to come, just hop on to their website and reserve your spots. We would love to have anyone else in the area go with us on that tour. Especially after doing the episode on New Belgium. We just can't wait to see it. I say hopefully, like we're literally driving from Salt Lake City to to back to Denver that day. So like that morning we're leaving early. We get there on time. No, we we sacrificed going to Uinta for this because yeah. no. no, we're in Salt Lake. We're staying like less than five miles from Uinta, but they won't be open in the middle of the night, so we can't go there because <laughs> right. we are going to be in Salt Lake for like six hours, long enough to yeah. get a nice good nap in. <laughs> oh, okay. Otherwise, we'd go to Uinta as well, but it's right. just not in the cards. Any other announcements? Oh, oh, you know what? Um, We do actually... So we updated the calendar on the website to include um, uh, Maya and Chris's trip, as well as Oktoberfest Zinzanati, which is coming up. There are people we knew... America's Oktoberfest! If there are people we knew in the northern Kentucky, southern Ohio, east-western other areas... This is one of those events, um, if you've actually hung in there for the hours of the episode to this point, <laughs> we will assume that you like hearing our voices. God, I'm so sorry. If yeah. you're on, I will say, if you're on the <laughs> East Coast, West Coast, you may think about it as well. This is the largest Oktoberfest celebration in our country. We, so, we, love, we love rolling through this place with a giant crowd. Oh yeah, we've already got um, 30 people, I think, signed up coming with us on this trek. Now, so the the warnings for this are, which we've we've one of which we've mentioned before. We we get there when it starts because the crowds will get insane gets, after four p.m. It gets unruly. It gets crazy. We're there when taps start, and plus you're there at ten a.m. to see 
a drunk, drunk Jim, Jim Cook, Cook. at yeah. 10 a.m. stagger up on stage now, to take the first drink. So the other important on the thing... Saturday of Oktoberfest. Yes. yes. So this yes. is going to be September 17th. The other important thing is that this year, because of um, the new streetcar in Cincinnati, Oktoberfest has moved. It is no longer this year at Fountain Square, which is where it has normally been held for many years past. Well, it ran uh, the length of Fifth Street for how many? It was like six or seven blocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Starting at Fountain Square, but it has moved to Second and Third Streets between Walnut and Elm, I think. So it's closer, not in, but closer to um, the banks area of cincinnati which is closer to the the ohio river it's the ballpark um yeah closer down to the uh the the ballpark and the um the stadium so it's it's something to keep in mind um there's there might be some parking issues you know may or may not be so just this year some things have changed with it i would i would recommend going i don't know if they've updated it yet but double checking on the um, Oktoberfest Cincinnati's website if you are interested in coming because there might be some uh, changes and especially I know that it affected one of our friends um, a lot of people huh. used to get a room at the Weston Hotel which is which overlooks Fountain Square and um, you may want to look into other arrangements just yeah, because of, of the move and location yeah. yeah because it's a it's not cheap to rooms there. I mean, and he specifically got rooms overlooking Fountain Square because that's where, like, you'd be, they have all kinds of competitions and things going on all day and night, and you're just, you just have to walk to the window and you can look out and see what's happening. But they've moved it, and when you're paying $400 a night for a room and that happens, you're going to be a little salty. Yeah, yeah this, no, this announcement happened. So. Right, no. Um, this announcement happened within like the last couple of weeks, I want to no, say. No, it happened last week, I believe. Yeah, so really recently. Is right about a month out. So at this point, we're not aware of exactly what the layout is going to be. So it's just, again, I would recommend kind of keeping a monitor on um, the Oktoberfest and Zeddy website. Um Usually they post this kind of map that's going to lay out all of the booths and and whatnot for the event. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Although so, if you do feel like coming out, enjoying the 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 largest Oktoberfest in the in the states, is that is that correct? Still in the country, I, I think and it's so. it's tied and still considered uh, the largest Oktoberfest outside of Munich. Yeah. Even if those numbers are slightly off. Jim Cook from Sam Adams is there. The mayor from Munich, Germany, comes down for this event. Like it it's, is still a huge deal. It's it's a, it's a huge event. If you feel like coming out for it, we'll be you know we we'd love to see you out there. Let us know, and we'll we'll you know give you hugs. Yeah, we will definitely meet up. We're all about it. Um, we get there when the event starts around is it eleven a.m. 10. Uh, 10. Is it 10? Oh, yeah, we get, okay. we get there at 10 a.m., but I don't think it starts until like 11, 11.30. It doesn't tap until 11. Yeah. We're there we at 10. We start our day drinking early. Besides, what's better than some breakfast metwurst? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. <laughs> so the event is really going to shape up this year because of the location change. Um, it's an entirely different um, 
like we, we were talking about earlier, like there's like, no sun cover really <laughs> this yeah. time. Oh, God. Like, Fifth Street runs right it. downtown yeah. of Cincinnati, and the skyscrapers all block the sun except for like at dead noon. Yeah, but this is open. These streets are open just outside of all the buildings. Zero protection from the sun. From the sun, you're just going to be out in it. People are going to die. (laughs) So, like, I'm I'm definitely, like, make sure you wear your Oktoberfest hat, kids. All right. Well, I think that does it for announcements. Two two more things on on my end. Um, Number one, so the Smithsonian has just recently announced (laughs) a job doing research into craft beer. Check that out if you're interested at all. We would love to have a have a drink and have a drink uh, listener. Be the person that gets a Smithsonian job researching beer for the next three years, but it's like a sixty-five thousand a year job plus benefits. That's um, right. I forgot to apply for that. I have a you feeling it's going to gonna be someone PhD sure. that gets that. But yeah, that was going to be a news story until you know I saw that uh, another head brewer and half a board left a brewery. Yeah. Right. So uh, look into that if you're interested. If you got a degree in history and food, if you've got a, a degree in business, you know that's what they're looking for. The other thing is the Beer and Sweat 2016 competition uh, put it put on by the Blotarian Brewing League in Cincinnati. I will probably be there to judge. Um, if you're interested uh, to you know go up there and steward or, or judge beer, uh, drop me a line at, at Casey Price on Twitter. And uh, we'll see if we can get together and, and go up there together or something. Stewarding is fun, I can say from experience. Yeah. I haven't got to try stewarding yet, but I look forward to the day I can. Yep. August 20th in Cincinnati. All right. So um, remember to check us out at haveadrinkshow.com. You can find each of our respective untapped profiles there and the show's social links so twitter instagram facebook and um but yeah just look for have a drink show as the username for any of those social networks um if you want to submit feedback uh like brian from denver did or uh you can tell us your favorite drink ask a question anything really use the email feedback at haveadrinkshow.com and you can also use the feedback form on the website to do the same thing I'd like to say we love all of our listeners equally, but those of us that give us feedback, we love you more. <laughs> uh, and as always, we'd, lo- we'd like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and Lynn Peralta for the album art. Uh, you can find links to their stuff on the episode pages on the site. And uh, please remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher, and please rate us on iTunes. Uh, there are great ways to help let other people know, uh, you know, an easy way to spread the word, as it were. Uh, the links to subscribe can also be found on the site. All right, so check us out in another couple of weeks for the next episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.